You finally decide to join me? Can you hear me? You there? Yeah, what's good, bro? I'm good, sir. How about yourself? Uh, you know, living life. Where your, where your audio at? Say it again. Where's your audio? You can't hear me? I can hear you, but where is your audio? I mean, your visual. There we go. You good? Yeah, man, I can't really complain. You know, just living, pushing forward. How that weather treating you out there? Oh, it's cool. You know, it's it's consistent pretty much all the way year round. So you don't get too many surprises. It's pretty much what it is all year round. It ain't too many seasons. It's either spring or it's fall. Oh, so you got decent weather then. Yeah, it's been a few hot days. Been a few hot days, you know. Um, but most of the time, man, it's right around 75, 80 degrees tops. You know, it dropped down a little bit cool in the wintertime. Okay, okay. That ain't too bad. Nah, it's pretty consistent. How life treating you? Adjusting, man. Just, uh, Going through the motions of, of trying to do things differently. Still just trying to maintain my personal, mental, and physical health, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Definitely the mental part. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's you know, it's a lot that be going on with other people, and then sometimes they, they push it your way, so you have to be able to disrupt that and counter it to make sure that you can keep your own peace and uh Sanity, you know? Yup. Yup. Definitely know that, especially about right now. How's how, how the job going? Job is decent, man. Job is decent. Uh it's slow motion. You know, they they doing what they're doing uh while they can do it. You know, it's like I guess ten percent, seven to ten percent occupancy every day. Yeah. Every now and then they got a fluctuation throughout the week and right. then you get the majority of the guests. I guess when it goes up, I'm not even sure. I'm just, I could just be rambling. But the, uh, it, they go up during a weekend because you know, people want to come to the hotel and chill for the weekend. Yeah, the just time. hang out, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. that. Uh, I guess that, maybe that helps the business, but lately it hasn't, nothing's really been going on. I guess since they started locking down mm -hmm. you know, and keeping people from coming, not keeping people from coming down there, but changing the rules, you know, no hanging outside and stuff like that. Cause you're getting, you're getting different types of people that come in there and they're just acting, they're acting a fucking fool. So. Yeah. 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 I seen that on the news. I know that's gotta be kind of wild. You know, it's always, I mean, it ain't as bad as Seattle, but you know, home always got something going on. It's gonna always it's gonna always be some shit, man. When people are tired and frustrated and they feel neglected, like that's gonna always happen. It's always gonna true, happen. true that. It's gonna be the same thing every few years until you know until they actually fix what the problem is instead of reacting to the to the violence and the you know into the 
you know, into people's reaction, you know, unless they really want to fix a solution, you know, we'll be back here in a few more years. Yeah, but, well, we will be back here in a few more years because I don't think they plan on fixing it, you know. Why would they? They getting paid either way. Exactly. Exactly. Why would I fix something that put, still puts money in my pocket? Just right. Like I say, money in my it, pocket yeah. either way. You know, it, it, it won't make any difference to them. They'll make money. They'll profit off of it. You see them doing it? Yeah, you see them doing it now with the whole BLM movement. They didn't they didn't took the whole acronym. That's all over the NBA. You know, everybody BLM now. You know, a few years ago, you know, they was they was a hate group, which some people still consider my hate group, but you know, now it's trendy to, you know, to kind of preach, you know, talk about Black Lives Matter. Fucking Hallmark card. Yeah. Yeah, it's profitable, right? They'll make anything yeah. profitable. Anything, anything. And we gonna buy it, so you know, of course we're gonna be the ones to buy. Somebody's gonna buy it because the goddamn sure ain't me. Yep. Nah, I mean it ain't me, it ain't you, but you know mugs out there bad. Oh yeah, sheep. Bad. Yeah. We know the sheep going they gonna jump right on it because they think it's the right thing to do. Yeah. When we actually yeah. start discussing the things that need to change, you know, people back away and they start getting fearful of it. Oh, oh you yeah. don't need oh, that. Yeah. Wait, wait, you don't need that either. Like, why do you need that? Oh yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yep. That's why I've been uh, I've been trying to you know talking talking at least join a few organizations you know just people that's really down to do shit you know that's really down to do anything you know besides the whole business thing you know trying to get some things done man you know tired tired of watching shit you know tired of watching shit go past yeah yeah trying to take action what you reading what you reading right now um. Shoot, it's in my bag. I don't have it right now. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Okay, I can't remember anything specific or just uh, or it's a history. Or it's a history book. Oh, okay, it's a history book. Uh, I I need to go back and finish reading the I Ching. Okay, I never did finish uh, reading that, so I'm gonna go back and start over. But About the divination system, the I Ching, the I Ching divination system. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I have the book, so I, I didn't go back and do. I think I was supposed to do my chart and everything, and I didn't. Uh huh. Didn't go back and do that. Why? Why each? Why you doing uh? Why you doing that change? Why that change? Uh, just to be more knowledgeable of uh, of different cultures and, and the way they do things, and you know, some people call it spirituality, or some people. Some people may think it's like hypothetical, but I, I know I just want to read it because I'm curious and yeah, I, yeah. Know, I want to know more about what's going on. Yeah, I'm always curious when people, uh, I mean, because, you know, you get, it's a similar system, you know, in the motherland, you know, yeah. so I'm always curious, you know, when people go outside the motherland, you know, looking at they, looking at they, you know, looking at their spiritual system, you know, I'm all about, other cultures and stuff, but you know, a lot of that shit is in Africa too. You know, we just got to search for it there. Really, I had I no idea. Yeah, I even had I even had a debate with another group that I mean, uh, you know, I took the DNA test, the ancestor, the African ancestor DNA test, and uh, so did, so when I got the results back, you know, it was a bunch of guys that started pretty much like a genealogy, a historical society, 
So we do a lot of, you know, we try to do stuff over there, you know, sending aid over there to uh, Guinea-Bissau to the people who we all descended from, you know, building an organization, <clears throat> trying to build a non-for-profit organization, you know, just to, just to, uh, you know, just to help out people over there. But the dude, the dude who kind of, uh, who kind of started it, you know, he, uh, he come from Harvard. He studied at Harvard. He actually from home. He from uh, Oswego. He grew up in Oswego. And, uh, you know, real smart, real knowledgeable. And his background is actually uh, Egyptology. But he married to a to a uh, to an Asian lady, and you know we was talking. You know we were just talking about the different systems. And he was talking just like you know about the about, uh, about you know the Indian spiritual system and the and you know and the Chinese spiritual system. And, and you know I always just try to point out all these systems come from Africa, all of them. You know it, it's not one of these systems that's one started in the motherland. So you know if we ever really looking to expand our knowledge, at least from my perspective, expects to expand our knowledge from the ancestral knowledge. Because, you know, that's what they doing. You know, Uchin, you know, Uchin, you know, that's that's their system. But it's it's a different, it's a bunch of different systems all over Africa that work exactly like Uchin. That's that's actually more in depth. Yeah, and I know that. I know that. I just decided to read the I Ching. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's a, I mean I read I I read, I read about the system in particular, you know, probably not the book you read, but you know, I read about the system in particular because I mean it's interesting enough, you know. Moving around a lot, huh? Uh, you know, I'm outside. I'm outside. I was out uh driving for Uber and shit, so I could get your truck out there. You know, just trying to continue to make money, keep myself moving, keep myself busy. You know, no point in sitting still, especially with having so much free time. Uh, how's the uh, food truck business treating you? Uh, I haven't started it yet. I got the truck, sitting on the truck, waiting on uh, waiting on uh, two county inspections, one from Alameda, which is where Oakland is, and I'm waiting on one for down here in San Jose. So I'm steady communicating with the health department, trying to give me an inspection date. But you know, they be wanting, you know, they want to know your whole menu, how you make your shit, how you process and shit, what kind of commissary you park at, you know, because certain commissaries you can only do certain stuff at if it don't have like a, uh, if it don't have like a big kitchen at the commissary, some commissaries are just like the trucks. Back you know, the phone up a little there. bit, bro. Back the phone up a little bit. You got it all in your nose. And I don't know why I'm uh, and I don't know why I got it up to my face and I got on the Bluetooth. Um, some of the commissaries, you know, you just park at them. You know, you just park at them and uh, wash your truck. Uh, you can do a little prep there. You know, it's overnight parking is gated. But then some commissaries actually have like a kitchen, so you know you can do like prep inside the kitchen. And so when you had those, you could do a little bit more. If your commissary is more of a simpler one, then you know it's only so much you could do. Like you're not supposed to throw, you're not supposed to throw stuff on the truck. You can't grind your own meat and different stuff like that. So you know, just a lot of rules and regulations and hoops and shit you got to jump through just to even get out there. So is that a problem for you to have to that you can't grind your own meat and? and... Uh, you know, I would want to, but you know, anything could be, you know, anything could be done, but I would want to, you know just so I know where everything is coming from. But, you know, if I can't, I mean, it's not a huge problem. I wouldn't call it a problem, you know. I wouldn't say it is. Obstacle. I'm just saying, like, why, you know. Yeah, it's just a, it's just an obstacle. You know, they just, you know, they more worried, you know, they more worried about the, uh, they worried about the public and, you know, trying to do too much on the truck, how much refrigeration you have. So, you know, just like any health department, you know, it's, it's about, uh, 
Thank it's you. about uh, protecting the public. Yeah, protecting the public and stuff like that. And then about my new truck just getting out there, you know, they're going to make me jump through a lot of hoops anyway. Plus, I'm black, right. so, you know, you got to jump through the extra hoops just, just for that. Yeah, because I know motherfuckers get some of these trucks very swiftly. Um, yeah. And then when it does come to us, it takes a long-ass time. It takes forever, man. Yeah. I talked to a dude the other day. He run a barbecue joint, and he pretty much so he run like a barbecue joint on the side of the road. I ran in his, got some barbecue for him. He kind of told me the same thing. He was like, if I had a white partner, like a white chick or whatever, you know, to talk to people, he was like, that shit would have flew through. But, you know, it is what And it people, is. people say that that's not a reality when it is, and we see it all the time and experience it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, but, you know, I, in, in some ways, it's, I mean, it's a hindrance, but it's a blessing at the same time. Um, just that I got so many other things right now going on in my life, so, you know, it's giving me time to focus on that a little bit too, you know, before I have to get out there full time. But I'm hearing your money at the same time. So I definitely need to get out there sooner than later. So for now you just doing like Uber and Lyft? Yeah, main, mainly Uber, Uber Eats. Uh, you know, I still get unemployment and shit. You know, um, I still do, you know, some parties here and there, you know, when people doing shit. You know, right now you can, you know, last year I was doing pop-ups, tent work. You know, I was doing some events and shit like that, but you know, with with uh with the COVID, all of that shit that shut down. So that's why I had to move into a truck. You know, I had no truck. I had really had no choice but to move into a truck at this point. You know, to continue to stay independent. And plus, with no jobs out there, you know, I had no choice but to do it too. Because hotel jobs ain't coming back no time soon. The high end restaurant jobs ain't coming back no time soon. Especially not for cooks. You know, for cooks and chefs. So. Uh, and certain positions are just going to be reserved, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, some of the positions is, you know, especially with the experience I have, you know, they're going to offer it to a white boy first anyway. And I ain't, you know, I wasn't willing to kiss no ass when there were plenty of positions. I ain't finna kiss none of that that they scares. So take me back. Where did you grow up? Um, All over the place, man. Actually, uh, my family come from the west side originally, from the village, like uh, Roosevelt Road, not too far from uh, from, from Jewtown. That uh, that housing project down that way. The sister Ablin um, and Ida B, not Ida B. Wells. Um, it's another lady name. I can't tell a white lady. I can't even think her name. But I grew, you know, that's where my family come from. We had a business over there. Then uh, the business got burned down probably around the 80s we got burned down and uh my family had a house out on peel hill out in uh out on constance and uh so when i so when i build it burned down everybody just moved out there so that's a nice area for a while yeah you know it, i think i think it still is but you know when we when my grandfather bought a house out there he was the first black person to buy a house over there you know, but like really? I said, he just had it. Yeah, he just had it. He wasn't living in it. You know, we weren't living in it because, you know, the business was out west. And my How long ago was that when he had bought the house? Um, Probably in the 70s, maybe early 70s, 60s. Before a while, my uncle was staying in it because he was single after he had came back from the uh, from, v from Korea War. Korea War, Vietnam. He stayed in it for a while. And then once it burned down and everything, kind of, you know, everybody moved out that way. Cause you know everybody was living over the original building 
everybody was living over the, you know, old school, you know, you live over wherever, you know, wherever you're working at. So it was like a couple of houses up there. So everybody, you know, everybody lived in apartments. But then once the building, you know, got burned down, everybody moved out south. That's how we ended up out south. Then from there, you know, that was like the 80s, fucking drive-back shootings. So you living on you living over on Peel Hill, right? Where you going to school yep. over there? Yeah, I went to uh, I went to a Catholic school right over there on uh, Stony Island called uh, called uh, St. Albans. I went there for a year from kindergarten, and then maybe part of first grade. And they told me I couldn't come back. And then after that, then I went to a public school called uh, Amelia Earhart, which is right on uh, 82nd, like 82nd and. 80, your face, no, like bro. 80, 83rd, 90, like 93rd and East End, like 93rd and East End, somewhere up in there. That's where the, uh, that's where, uh, where the, where the grammar school was that I went to around there. Okay. So me and my moms, we lived over there for a couple of years before she moved us out to the suburbs, you know, just cause the city was getting so bad. South suburbs? Yeah. Out in, uh, Orla Park, Orla Hills area. Okay. Okay. Lived out there for about 12 years, 10 to 12 years. Then she moved us out to Salt Village, Salt Village, Chicago Heights area. That's like what, 30, 34, 30, 40 minutes away? Uh, from Orleans, yeah, about 30, 40 minutes. About 30, 40 minutes from the city, too. From, uh, yeah, I was just saying from the city. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, from the city, yeah, about 30, 40 minutes for Heights. Yeah, for Heights, Chicago Heights area. Moved us out that way. Stayed out there for a few years, then she moved us out to Hazelcrest. That's where my mom still live at now, the Hazelcrest. But back then, I was tired of school, so I just went and got my GED, started working yeah, in culinary school. It seems like a lot of movement until she finally got, was it 12 years out there in South Village, you said, or? Yeah, yeah, 12, 12, no, nah, 12 years out in Orleans. Okay. 12 years out in Orleans, and then, um, and then about two and a half years out of South Village. Okay. After order, we moved it. We moved around quite a bit till we got to Hazelcrest. A couple of times, anyway, till we got to Hazelcrest. What was causing the movement? Um, family closed down the store. Uh, grandmother sold the house that we had over on Peel Hill. Um, you know, family changes. Uh, we all. Uh, my mother, her, my mother, my grandmother. They all decided to move in together. And uh, so it me, her. My grandmother, my aunt, and you know us four, you know, we all decided to move in together. So that's what kind of caused a major movement. My mother was tired of Orland, Orland, you know, when we moved for Orland, she was just tired of Orland. You know, just ready to kind of do something different, you know, see something different. I was tired of white people, dealing with white people. Were you the only child? Yeah, yeah, only child, yep. Yep, just me and mom's dudes. Okay, so what? All right, so at what point do you get into uh, cooking? Was it just that whole family thing? Yeah, always. Uh, well, my when well, my grandfather, my great grandfather, the one that had, that had the store, when he moved up from Georgia, when he moved up from Waynesburg, Georgia, and uh, in nineteen eighteen, somewhere up in there, maybe twenty six, maybe nineteen twenty six. Uh, he started working in the meatpacking, you know, in the meatpacking factories. And somewhere up in there, my great grandmother moved up here from Mississippi. And her family had money and businesses and buildings and shit. So my great grandfather, he bought a uh he bought a building from uh he bought a building from my 
my great grandmother's sister for two hundred and fifty dollars, and that's how he started the business on the west side. That was the original. That was the original building. They got burned down. He bought that building for my for my great grandmother's sister for two hundred fifty dollars back in uh back in about thirty six. Then we closed it down in about two thousand six. Nah, about two thousand. Yeah, about 2006, 2009, so up in there, we closed it down. So about the 60, over 60 what, years. What was the name of this place? Father's uh, Barbecue Splice. Okay, okay. When it first opened, it was, uh, you know, it was a barbecue joint, barbecue joint and fish stand. You know, Grandpa was selling five pieces of fish for 25 cents, one piece of fish for five cents. Get you an order, get you an order tips for like a dime. So it's it's always been in my family. Oh, that's a totally different time, man, with them prices, man. Yeah, totally different, bro. Totally ah. different. Totally different. I still got the pictures of it. You know, the pictures of the original store, and you know, in the middle, in the in the original pit. You know, with uh, with my grandmother being young, standing around, and you know, some of his, you know, some of his boys that had came up and down south that you know he had worked in the pit and shit, doing they Arkansas. That was like our main pit man back then, Arkansas. And you know, old black dude from Arkansas could barely fucking see, but man, he could barbecue his ass off. You know, it's it just in the blood to to cue. Yeah, yeah, in the blood to cue to cook. You know, my grandmother was my my great grandmother was a was a big cook too. You know, she used to always make all of the sweet potato pies, all of the desserts and shit. You know, for for the restaurant. Then when we kind of switched over to like to a grocery store style, because you know the neighborhood changed or whatever. When we kind of switched over to a grocery store, she was still making pies and shit like that. But you know, she got Alzheimer's, so she couldn't do that no more. Alzheimer's disease. So, like so what about like so what about high school? High school, uh I went to two high schools. I went to high school out in out of Orland called Carl Sandberg. And then I went to uh I went to uh, high school for a year and a half out in uh, in Chicago Heights called uh, Bloom Trail. So I went to two different high schools, two two drastically different high schools. Carl Sandberg was all white, and uh, Bloom Trail was mostly, mostly black. Huh? How many black students were there at Carl Sandberg? Shit, out of 2,000 kids, maybe 1,500 kids, it was maybe... 15 to 20 of us. Okay. And we all lived in the, and we all lived on the same apartment complex. Really? Besides the, besides the Africans and the military kids. And it was like two two African kids and two military kids. And they all lived in houses, but the rest of us, we all lived in the same apartment complex. You know, them them, you know, some of them is my guys to this day, you know, some of them just acquaintances. And then the school in Chicago Heights was way different from that, right? Oh yeah, way, 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 way different. First day of school was like fucking like uh, lean on me. <laughs> I watched two chicks be, whoop each other with padlocks. Wow. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. This is this is gonna be different. Yes, sir. Uh, I was coming. I was coming from oil, and then you know, shit. You know, from all this shit, you know, our main troubles was the white kids, but you know, they wanted us to sell them drugs and you know, they just didn't like us in general, you know. And you know, we we, we were supposed to play sports. But, you know, going to fucking going to going to trail was, you know, pretty much like going into the city, man. 
You know, motherfuckers that have a whole lot of hope. And that shit, you know, played out in school on a daily basis. You know, when I first got there, the foes was running the school. Okay. Yeah, most of the foes, most of the foes, they was all they was all seniors. So most of them graduated. So then the next few years it was all GDs that was running the school. So during this period of school, like, did you feel like you were trapped, depressed, or did you feel like you, there was no motivation to kind of like finish or? Nah, for me, I always knew what I wanted to do. Always. I always knew I was going to do this. I always knew I was going to own my own business. I always knew I was going to be a chef or a cook. I always knew I was going to do something with food. That's what made me so much different than everybody else. I always didn't been focused on what I wanted to do. I was, I was never... I was never in the slightest bit confused about what I wanted in my life or what I wanted to do with my life. Okay. How I wanted to go about it, but what I wanted to do, never, never. Do you, do you uh, would you say that drive comes from a certain place? Like, was it passed down to you or? Uh, both, uh, both. Some of it was passed down to me. Some of it was the destiny I chose before I was born. You know, it's a lot of things. It's a lot of things that play into it. It's a lot of things. Life experiences, life experiences, my ancestors, you know, the destiny I chose, destiny I chose before I got here, the destiny chose I chose to live since I've been here, all of those things. You know, it's it's no one thing that uh that's kind of made my determination what it is. It's definitely a combination of things. You know. And at what point did you say that you was gonna leave school? Which uh high school? Yeah. Uh start smoking weed and you know, at that point I, you know, think that think that you know everything. I was already reading um at that point, I was already reading Behold the Pale Horse, um, Art of War. Um, any book I could get my hands on, I was already reading. So what was going on in school wasn't inspiring me. You know, a lot, especially history. You know, I get up there and start lecturing the teacher, you know, the bullshit she teaching. And weed only made that worse. But now I'm really in my head. You know, and, and can't nobody pull me out. It's that rabbit hole you get into. Yeah. And I can't nobody pull me out. Can't nobody tell me I'm wrong. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just, to me, it's always been that the same determination I'd have had in my career is the same determination I always had in trying to learn or trying to expand myself or trying to, you know, pull others along with me. You know, even though most people, most people never make it. Mentally, most people never make it, but I try to put along. But you know, yeah, learning you know, ain't for know. everybody, bro. I keep seeing that, man. Learning ain't for everybody. You be around me, you gonna learn. You gonna be around me, you ain't gonna learn. Ain't no if ands bust about it. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 no way around it. But that's all I do. That's all I try to do. And at what point did you end back? What, at what point did you end up back in school for culinary or? Um, uh, right at right after I got uh right after I got kicked out of high school, I went right into uh 
right after they kicked me out of uh, out of trail, I went right to the next day. Literally, I went and signed up for uh, GED. Okay. And and within two months, I graduated from GED. <laughs> Only GED honor roll, believe it or not. Whatever the fuck that shit means. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the fuck that means. Graduated on the fucking GED honor roll, and everybody fucking looking at me stupid, like, why the fuck I didn't finish school? You know, then after that, then right after I graduated uh, from GED, then shit, a month later, I went to culinary school. Okay. Right. Okay. Then right after, shit, a month in the culinary school, shit, I started working at the Shark Bar down on Lake Street when the Shark Bar started here, when the Shark Bar first here opened up. I started working there. That was my first, uh, that was my first kind of, you know, rest, real restaurant job, you know, besides working for the family and then, you know, Burger King and, and uh, shit like that. But that was my first, you know, that was my first restaurant job working at the Shark Bar. Worked there for about a year. Yeah. And after How was that experience that while you were there? Uh, super dope. Realized black people ain't shit, though. You know, you get that, realiz you get that realization that, uh, that black people never really support each other. You know, black people never really, never really, uh, black people never, uh, not all, not all, but the vast majority, especially when you're talking about business, you know, back, you know, especially when you talk about the restaurant business and, you know, it's, you know, Mexicans are just willing to listen. When we first opened our whole, the whole restaurant was full of black. They slowly started firing every black person and, you know, and started bringing in Mexicans. And so, like I say, the majority of black people, especially when you get into business, you know, it's, it's about the business, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily about the community no more. And that's, that's, that was one of the things I was kind of thinking about, you know, when you was talking about uh, the, 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 uh, the looting and the, the rioting and shit, you know, a lot of times, man, we get businesses in, you know, we treat our fucking people worse than worse than fucking white people treat us. You know what I'm saying? And we do the same thing. And we do the same thing when it comes to employees or it comes to hiring and shit. And so, you know, I kind of know from experience, and and I didn't work in a few kitchens with black people, and you know, it's it's never pretty, man. It's never fucking organized. It's always some fucking bullshit. You know, black folks don't want to fucking listen to nobody else. You know, whether the person had a fucking experience or not, you know, or just working at other restaurants. But that's because we don't understand business either. That too, our customer service is shit. Yeah, but, you all know, that. This is a place. You know, this is a place. It was, you know, it was a, you know, you know, the Shark Vibe was owned by some. You know, the Shark Vibe wasn't never black owned. You know, and that's another thing that we always kind of think. Even though hey, hold on, hold on so for a second. Let me pause. Let me pause real quick. All right. All right. Cool, my guy. We back. So you saying uh, Shark Bar wasn't owned? Nah, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't owned by black people. You know, uh, the chef, I guess, who started, you know, ended up getting some money from somebody to fund them. So, you know, like most things, it, it wasn't really owned by us. And uh, the general manager. Basically, he was the kind of cat where he was a black dude too. But like I say, man, that these cats was coming from New York, they were more enthralled with the Puerto Ricans and the, you know and that kind of shit, man. You know, it was just it was obvious, you know, from the from the service that they hired, 
You know, you couldn't really get no, I mean, don't get me wrong, they had five natural skin sisters and stuff, but, you know, but they also, you know, it was, you know, a lot of Puerto Ricans, you know, you know, most of the sisters, you know, even though they was natural, you know, they was light-skinned and shit. So, no, and then when, you know, when he said, you know, of course, when they start firing people, you know, the black motherfucker's the first one to go. You know, for me, man, I just, you know, I want to do business in a different way. You know what I'm saying? That's that's real big for me to do business in a different way, especially for us. You know, if so I do I, what I think this shit gonna do. So I, I'm not in, in trying to be all in your business and everything, but I'm, I'm, I'm quite sure you've written down a whole game plan to make sure that, you know, that you do it more effectively, right? Uh, if you mean like business plan, yeah, yeah. Yes and no. Yes and no. I got a business plan, yeah, but I'm talking. I'm talking about dealing with customer service and everything to oh, make sure oh, that. Yeah, people... yeah. Oh hell yeah! Oh hell yeah! Hell yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, for sure, for sure. My kids, you know, right now is gonna be kind of, you know, my main, my main, uh, you know, kind of my main point of dealing with the customers. And you know, my daughter's a great, you know, you know. Hopefully, you know. You know, it's supposed to be me and my wife, but that's a little up in the air right now. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. You know, my wife is great most of the time. You said your wife is what? I said my wife is great most of the time. But, you know, things going on there. So, you know, we got to see how that's going to go. There's a lot going on, man. A lot going on. And the business is really just a small part of it. Really just a real small part of it right now. I mean, it's everything to me. It's everything but the future. But business is such a small part of what I got going on. I got so much more at risk right now. Do your kids join in when you're cooking? Do you show them how to cook? Oh, yeah. My kids can cook for a minute. My kids, all my kids can cook. All my how kids. many do you have? Three daughters. Okay. Yep. You done having kids? Hell yeah, I'm done having kids. If I got anything to say about it, now what the universe got to say, I don't know. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm done. I definitely don't want no more. Now. My youngest is my youngest is about to be 16. My oh, oldest yeah. just turned 21. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm through. No mas. I'm through. Ain't no way. Yeah, ain't no way. I'm no trying mas. to start over. <clears throat> and, if, and if it would, it would have to be by somebody else anyway, because you know my wife can't have no more kids anyway. So, Are you like, so I'm definitely done. Yeah, I'm definitely done. You know, I ain't trying to, I ain't trying to start over, man. I'm good. I'm at the tail end. I'm trying to prepare for their fucking future. Yeah, yeah. You no, know? trying to, you know, bad. We started so young too. You know, one thing that's coming up in our lives is uh. You know, we just been together so long, man, and you know. You know, I mean, like I said, I always have been comfortable with who I am, but you know, everybody not like that. Most people not like that. You know, most people still trying to figure themselves out and figure out what they're trying to do. And you know, and for a woman, you know, that's been raised kids since she was 17, you know. You know, shit just get a little sticky. You know, motherfuckers feel like they, you know, they, 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 you know, I don't know. You know, people start needing to live for themselves to a certain degree. You know, you know they got to find themselves. I always knew who I was, so but you know, other people got to do what they got to do. But that's not—I mean, that's nothing you can 
be too upset about, you know, like every, like you knew what you wanted to do. Like you said, you knew before yeah, you got here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm only, um, you was already able to manifest destiny. Some people can't do that, you know? Yeah, yeah. But some of it I would talk to, you know? Some of it I was talking. But that, again, that's not everybody. Look at the back end that you yeah. come from. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. It's, for it's, sure. It's, that's totally different from the way some of us grew up. Like some of us, like I, like you were saying, some people still trying to figure it out. They don't know. Yeah. So during this time, like, what is it? What else do you do? Like, as as far as you, all right? Yeah, I'm good. I mean, otherwise, you know, I do that. Try to spend as much time with the family. Work on the truck. You know, try to uh, do shit like this. You know, talk to different brothers, especially you know, different brother organizations. I joined a uh, a group here called uh, Brotherhood of Elders. That's like once a month. You know, they do different communities. Uh, you know, kind of some of this sit around and, you know, talk about what the brothers got going on in their life. Different, uh, you know, uh, sometimes it'll be financial education. Uh, you know, sometimes it's stuff that's going on in the community, different bits of fundraising. They do a quasi thing every year. So I joined that organization. It's another organization I'm about to join. It's another that I'm, uh, I'm about to uh, join called uh, 400 Plus One. And basically, you know, it's more of a kind of revolutionary, revolutionary, uh, I guess from a communist point of view, kind of organization. Checking them out, thinking about working with them. So, you know, I'll, right now I'm just looking to work with anybody that's willing to do some work. You know, besides, you know, besides the business, I'm looking to work with anybody that's looking to do for, that do willing to do some work, you know, for our business or for the people. You know, that's why I am right now. You know, besides the spirituality, you know, besides the spirituality stuff I just incorporated, you know, into my life. Are you out there working now? Are you, did you pick up a new hobby or anything? Uh, Ifa, Ifa, Ifa is my new hobby. So I, oh, I forgot, uh, I take classes on that. So basically I take a, uh, I don't know what you would call them, but. Yeah, I was going to say, explain, explain EFI for people who don't know. Um, EFI is, a, is an African spiritual system that come from the Yoruba people in Nigeria. And so basically what it is, is EFI, like, like he came, you know, it's a, uh, it's the divination system. But, uh, but unlike you King, it correlates to, to um, oil, oral literature, oral literature, praise poetry, um, medicine, natural medicines, herbal work, charms. Um, it's really a way of life is what Ifa pretty much is. It's a way of, uh, it's a way of living. It's a way that our ancestors would have had lived a long time ago, you know, before we got here. Before, before the things that we lost. Um, it's similar to Voodoo, but it's not Voodoo because Voodoo comes from Benin and Togo and Ifa comes from the Europe and Nigeria. So it's, 
it's a, it's a very similar system, but it's still a very different system at the same time. How far back like the does principle, it go? Uh, before time, we we uh, E five would be the original. With E five or any or any spiritual system like it would be, I mean, if you there's no way to count it in time, but it's older than ten thousand years. So it would be the oldest. It would be the oldest organized religion in the world. And it would be the original, it would be the original spirituality of just people in general because it's nature based. You know, it's it's all nature based. So it's uh, so it has a lot to do, you know, with the elements, with the earth, uh, with the unseen elements of the earth and, and just uh, nature in general. But it also deals a lot um, with uh, human emotions. Uh, human emotions and different experiences that humans have in general. And so basically the 256 odus are like which is which is which would like if we if it was just such thing as a Bible like Ufa, Odus would pretty much be the Bible. And so it's 256, it's 256 major Odus. Out of those 256 each of them divide into 16. So you get something like 20,000 different life experiences, parables, that it will come out in the reading that will correlate to your Pacific energy. And so that's how you get the reading. And that's how they will determine, that's how they will determine what ails you, how to fix it, how to put you back in alignment, what you need to stay in alignment, and if this is going to be a consistent problem for you or just or just you know a random one-time problem. So it's it's a lot like going to the doctor. Or it's a lot like going to the mechanic. You know they diagnose what's ailing you at that specific moment or second in your life, and you know they kind of tell you how to remedy that in various ways. So that's pretty much what EFI is, and and kind of in a nutshell. But it's it's way deeper than that, of course. But that's pretty much what it is in a nutshell. <clears throat> and you said how far back? And if you want to say a number, it's really no number. But they, you know, people will tell you that it's older than ten thousand years. But we say that it's the original religion of all men. It's the original spirituality of all men because it's nature based. So you know, how old is time? That's how old Ephi is. You know, Ephi. EFI is, is many different things. It's not just a divination system. EFI is also it's also a deity. It's also herbal medicine. It's also charms. So even with the EFI, you know, it's is layers to it. It's layers to you know to, to the term EFI. And then you have Arisha, which is also a part of EFI, but it's also its own spiritual system that can stand on its own that also has its own way of doing divination or dividing. It still works off of the 256 Odus. Is Orisha part of your Yoruba too, or? Yeah, uh, the, so the Orisha is what the Yoruba would call angels. You know, just to put it kind of in, in a Christian term, is what, what Christians would call angels. But they differ from angels because the Orishas also lived and walked the earth in a few different manifestations as well as human, you know, as well as the human manifestation, but they also walk the earth in a visible manifestation 
as as kind of an energy as well. So that's why Ifa, you know, it's a it's a divination system, it's a spiritual deity, and Ifa in itself, the spiritual deity is, is a witness of all is a witnesser of all faith. The Ilari Epen is what they is how you say it in, in uh in Yoruba. And he he would be the witness of all faith. So of all destiny. So basically what they say is, is before we born, you know, we all kind of chilling or whatever. You know, we all chilling in heaven with our spiritual mates, you know, with our clan, you know, with the other people that's kind of waiting to be born. Cause you know, everything already is, you know, it, it's not like, you know, it's not like, you know, once we born, you know, we just suddenly manifest, you know, we already are an essence to a certain degree. And so when we choose to be born, which makes E5 most spiritual systems different than anything else is, everything that we do in our life is, already, is always a choice. Even, even the choice of being birth or when to be born. So when you choose to be born, you go, you go to a particular place or a another particular dimension of heaven where you basically waited, you know, where, where you basically waiting to be born. And then and while you waiting to be born, you choose your destiny. So that's why I say earlier, I chose my destiny before I got here. You choose your destiny. And when you choose your destiny, basically you choosing your ori. Your ori is your head, your mind. And within your head and your mind is, is your Ishe, which is, you know, you ask me, um, you know, where did my determination come from before I was born? I chose that. I chose that head before I was born. Um, I chose wealth. I chose to be poor. I chose my, I chose my family. I chose my mother, my father. I chose the time that I would be born. I chose the time who I would be born through. And so when you make all of these decisions, Ifa or Rumala is there watching all of these things. Plus who who the Yoruba and, and who God would be in Yoruba is called Oladumare. So Ifa and Oladumare are make are watching you make all of these choices. And so they say, I bet this is what you want to go with. This is what you want to go with. Okay, you get this, this, and this. And so basically what happened is after you choose your destiny, if I devise for you, if I devise for you, what happened? And so they basically give you your whole destiny before you choose it, before you, they, they give you your taboos, who you should marry, who you shouldn't marry, uh, what type of life you should live, what type of job you should do, uh, what you should focus on. They tell you all of these things. And this is all why you in the womb. So at this point, you you pretty, you know, your mother and your father, they perceived you. So you in the womb. And so as you develop it for these eight months, you choosing your destiny, you choosing your path of life. You know, you choosing all of these different things. You know, you choosing, you choosing if you go, you know, if you gonna have, you know, if you gonna have some type of maternal illness, you choosing, you know, the the, the day you gonna die. You choosing all of those things while you in the womb. And so what happens is, is they say, when you're born, you cross basically a water. And that's when your water is broken. You inside the placenta. You know, you inside the placenta, your mother, you know, and her water breaks. And so now you're coming through this water canal. And as you're coming through this water canal, you forget everything. You forget your destiny. You forget the path. You, you forget everything that you chose, including your ori. So they teach us that our life path is to figure out what we chose for ourselves in heaven. You can do that through divination, both the, 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 way to, the way to figure it out completely is through divination. But you could also lead your life without divination just by, you know, 
fact, good fact, good character for the most part, but you know, you, could, you know, you can still figure out fact, good character, about living the life of good character, you know, and good intentions. No, about uh, about uh, living the life of not really purity because we don't, because uh, because we don't teach pacifism. Yeah, being upright, being a good person, uh, you know, treating it. I mean, pretty much the old adage: treat people how you want to be treated. But at the same note, everybody have a destiny. Some people are destined to be murderers. Some people are destined to be child molesters. Some people are destined to be. Some people are destined to be gangbangers. You know, these are all destinies that people choose, and you know, we all have. You know, we all have a purpose or a reason for choosing our path. And one of the reasons why we have all of these different, why nobody ever has the same destiny is because only Dumare or God has never lived, has never had a life experience. So all of these things is basically, you know, God living through us and having these human experiences because it's never had a body. And so that's what I spend my time doing. That's dope. So since the beginning of time, if I said 4.6 billion years ago, all this took place and transpired. Yep. Over all of that time, all of this took place and transpired. But at that time, before humans was walking the earth, it was just the Orishas. It was just the Arumalay. You know, it only only by, only thing that would have been on the earth was the Arumalay. And the greatest and the biggest Arumalay is Olapun, the ocean. You know, water's always been here. Ocean's always been here. You know, if you look at science, they even tell us that, you know, that they believe that life started out in water and then we climbed out. So that's what Ethan teaches us as well. First, it started out about as big as a dot. It's so small that we can't tell. And then it expanded yep. gas and everything. And, like that. and then Ephi teaches us that what allowed what allowed human beings or what allowed the earth to be populated was a deity named Obatala. Before that, the earth was too hot. You know, the earth wasn't populated, it was kind of like Mars. So, you know, the earth wasn't habitable. But then the deity named Obatala, you know, he basically spread his, uh, shared his powers and cooled down the earth. Hey, bro, you making me dizzy. <laughs> My bad, man. My bad. Uh, and, you know, Obatala, you know, cooled down the earth. And then, you know, once he cooled down the earth, then life was able to begin. You know, but without, but without, you know, Without without Obatala, we wouldn't have life, and without water, we wouldn't have life. So, you know, that's what I spend my time doing, man, studying that. Uh, Do you know that story? Well, I'm sure you already know. That story has been done over a thousand times. You know that, right? And it's in so many yeah. different forms. So many different me, forms. Me listening to you, I'm okay with listening to you and not, and not butting in, because I, I appreciate hearing it, but... That story has been told over and over again through 92 different saviors or more. You know what I mean? Exactly. But you find out about a savior. You are your own savior. Yeah, That's but they made, at some point in time, they made it a savior. Yeah, yeah. Because as human beings, that's how we explain things to ourselves. They will tell you that, that, Ifa, that Arisha is children's stories. They children's stories. You know, it's not, it's not, um, it's science, it's life science. You know, they talking about deities, they talking about gods, but they talking about life, it's life science. You know, it's, uh, 
it's a lot deeper than the story. The story only explains how the birth of us, our evolution, you know, and all those different things. And this is from a Yoruba perspective. And from my own perspective, the fact that so many different, so many different ethnic groups tell a story lets us know that we all link together in one, in, in one way or another. You know, and it also lets me know that in some way or another, these stories are true. You know what I'm saying? That to me, that's what I get. But for me, I'd rather understand it from a purely African perspective. Is the Santeria I mean, somewhere in there too? Uh yeah, Santeria is Santeria is an offshoot of Ifa. So basically, when when uh when when the transatlantic slave trade was going on, the Yoruba and the Benin, the Hausa, and a bunch of different other ethnic groups around Nigeria, they was having a civil war. Right at right at the end of slavery, they was having a civil war. So a lot of so so right at the end, a lot of the people that was taken was all from them particular areas, and a lot of them was in Yoruba. You know, they were taken, they were taken to Cuba. And so by they were some of the last people that were taken to Cuba, they pretty much had they for the most part their spiritual system was intact. So you know, they was able to teach it to everybody else. So Santeria comes out of that. But Santeria is is uh is infused with with uh with Catholic saints to hide the Yoruba gods because it was forbidden to practice African spirituality outright. So you know that was their way of hiding, you know, of hiding the Orishas within St. Michael, St. Barbara. When you when you looking at all of those things over in Cuba, they're not talking about the Catholic saints. They're talking about the black Orishas. You know what I'm saying? Same, the way, stories with the, they tell same way with the Pope, um, when he prays to the Madonna. The Madonna is actually a, uh, is a black a picture of a black painting of the original uh, Isis and uh, I forget the other one name, but yeah, that's well, what that. You got to remember. Comes <laughs> from the Egyptian mystery system. Go back, cause you started coughing, and it. it Judaism comes from the uh, comes from the Egyptian spiritual system. Yeah. Being Catholic comes too. from Judaism, but Catholic comes from Judaism. Yeah, you all of that. Judaism would have you know you wouldn't have one without having the other. So essentially, what all of these basic is are African spiritual systems that white people then manipulated and changed it to their own benefit. They all, but they're not pure. You know what I'm saying? It's like if I'm telling you I got a key of dope, I'm gonna give you a key of pure dope, and you give me the Bible. Man, that ain't pure. That's the same, my guy. <laughs> that fucking stepped on fucking fifty million times. That ain't motherfucking pure dope. Nah. I want pure dope. And I don't want it. You can have it. Right, you can have it. And even and even in Egypt, Egypt was the downfall of African spirituality. It was the downfall because they came because they they became so consumed. With uh, with gold, and they came so consumed with uh, with the um, with building shit, and with the outside, and it's you know it's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. You know they were more you know building monuments and conquering people became more important to them than, than developing their culture after a while. But that happened, you know, once once all of the wars came and it, you know and the Europeans came and you know they had to start protecting themselves, so you know they became warmongers. But it started becoming a corruption of the original system. See, Ifa, the system over in uh, Voodoo, the system over in, uh, over in Togo and Benin, 
the system over in Ghana. These are all pure. These What's are all pure. Uh, they're pure for problem? the most part. The one that, uh, something I like that. Yeah, I can't think of the name of it, man. Over in uh, uh, Akan. Akan. But that's the name of the tribe who developed the system. It's actually another name for the system itself. But uh, the Igbo, the Igbo, they got their own system. But all of these systems are the original spiritualities that all other, every other major religion comes from. So, you know, like I tell people, even, even, even in China, Chinese people come from fucking Africa. Really? Yeah, fucking Chinese people come out of Africa. Man, don't you fucking know that shit. The fuck out of here. If anybody know that, you know that. So they spiritual system hey, ain't hey, nothing hey, but us. So explain to me how Chinese people come from Africa. Migration, man. Migrations. Migrations. Thousands of years of migrations. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It was it was even migrations within Africa. But you know, some people decide to leave. They didn't leave they didn't leave what they, you know, what they what they learned. You know, they took it with them and they adapted it to their own specific geography geographic location and that's what e-fi is that's why e-fi and all these spiritual systems can survive wherever you put them because it's all about adaptability the, the world changes all the time so all these time. systems can change you know what i'm saying at, at one have, point at one point the greats was it the, uh the desert from the uh, of africa i forgot the name of the desert but at one point it used to be an ocean you know what i mean until it dried out right <laughs> so <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Uh, dying. All these sisters, all these sisters feed themselves. You know, it, it, ain't, it ain't like Christianity. It ain't, it ain't like Judaism. You ain't got to stab nobody and say, here, take this book or take the sword. You ain't got to do that with this. It's real. It's natural. It's always here. You couldn't destroy it if you wanted to. You couldn't destroy it without destroying yourself. Because we are all part of this. Uh, do the research on the migration periods? Yeah, I got some work on it if you want to see it. I, I didn't do it myself, but I got a brother that did some, the brother I was talking about uh, in the other Balenta, in the Balenta, Balenta Brasa group, I mean, the brother from uh, from, from Harvard, or yeah, wherever the fuck he went to school, he did some amazing research on the migration pattern of the Balenta. And, um, you know, he, you know, if you read that, you would get it. You know, you will get a lot of understanding about the migration pattern in general. And he goes all the way back to before we was actually humans. You know, before we would have been, you know, homo sapiens, what we are now. He goes back, you know, before that and, and talks about the Bantu migration and then the separation and stuff like that. So I could slide that to you. He did some amazing work. It's pretty deep. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, he did it's some a whole amazing lot. work. But it's in the process, you do find out that uh, groups of us settle in different parts of, of the world uh, and reestablish what was already established from uh, what they call, I guess, South South Africa all the way up to Egypt and then over and all the way out. So um, yep. you see the, was it Australoids, <laughs> Africoids, and all these different groups. Uh, and then at some point you had people believing that we started in Mesopotamia, which was, which I don't think was ever true. But um, I just think that was all it just came the other way. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, we came from the opposite direction. Yeah, absolutely. And they just settled there and they, they did well. But as they were settling there, more people moved further east. And then they went north, you know what I mean? And they went all over. So 
Yeah. And then we got to remember too, at one point in time, we didn't have these continents. No. All of these continents was all one landmass. Yeah, it's a big so with the shifted, So with the eventual shifting, they didn't even have to necessarily move themselves. The landmasses were there moved them. And, and, I, and even when they did move, like the, so I, I forgot how far we have to go back. But at one point, the was it the Atlantic Ocean was called the Ethiopic Sea. So that was like maybe yeah. a thousand years ago or something like that. So yeah. um, these, while the earth was, was it what you call it, expanding or constricting, you know, it was going through all these stages of changes. Um, yeah. And a lot of people, they, they aren't understanding of that or they just don't know because no one, no one has ever introduced this uh, type of in information to them. Right. It's one of the reasons why right. I don't get mad. Like when people tell me, you know, what they believe, and I just go, all right, that's, if it fits you, that's why it fits you. You know, I, I'm more of a person who just wants to be, be able to understand why they feel that way. Right. Yeah. I think I'm starting to get to the realization where I don't even really care no more. You know, everybody's path is kind of their path. It is, but you, I still want to be able to understand people and what, what it is they yeah, no, no, and, I, and I'm still with that too. But some people, man, <laughs> he worked the energy. <laughs> but we get those because those are the same yeah. that we would end up slapping the shit out of, you know, if we, if we had the time of day for them. But I'm not talking yeah. about them. I'm just talking about in general yeah. where you know you do come across people who have a general, a, a genuine perspective, and they just have a right. decent conversation with you. Uh, everyone. Yeah doesn't fall under the realm of needing the shit slapped out of them. But when you're looking around at things, you understand that there are those that you have to just not say anything to and not pay attention to because they don't have any clear understanding or open mind. Right. Well, some people just don't care. Yeah, that part too, right? There's a <laughs> lot of that too. And it's I think that's probably, that's probably the majority of it more than anything. A lot of people just don't care. Yeah. You know, it's only a handful of us out here that, that really care. I mean, it, you know, it did at different levels of care. You know, some people care enough to do basic research, you know, basic reading. You know, some people care enough to, you know, to go deep into whatever they're doing. Some people care enough, you know, to damn near completely change their life. You know, so even with the caring, you know, at different levels of care, you know. Are your kids involved as well? Kids and wife? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they all the hand readings. You know, they all have been told different things, but you know, they kids, of course. So, you know, um, they uh, they slow with embracing it, but are embracing it. Um, you know, they not as deep into it as reading and research and all that I do, but you know, we do follow certain protocol. We do follow certain taboos. You know, that's that's next, you know, whatever, whatever they call for, when they call for. Some taboos are permanent, you know, some taboos are only uh, temporary, just kind of depending on what comes out in, in, the, in, uh, in, in the reading or whatever. So, you know, they follow it. They follow it, but uh, like I say, probably not quite as much as I do. Okay. But they kids too, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's only, but, uh, certain, but they, it's only a certain amount of information that you can give them. Right. And, uh, and I'm not looking to push nothing on them anyway. You know what I'm saying? And I don't, I don't blame you. You don't want them yeah, to, at this point. Yeah. yeah, you don't want them to go too the, far the rails anyway. You know, um, right? You know, and, and and like you know, like we said earlier, you know, everything, you know, all knowledge ain't for everybody. So you know, if it's for them, you know, they are comfortable, and you know, and it's there for. Them. I know that for a fact, bro. Um, I read a lot. 
I know you read a lot. Um, I haven't read as much in the past couple of years just because I, I've had so much movement doing other things. But uh, I, I'm a, you know, I get it. Like I understand that people are gonna feel what they feel and focus on what they want to focus. But it's enough information out here for everybody to, you know, yeah. And I don't yeah, want to say yeah. wake up, but to just be aware of the of life in general and, and the way things actually go. You know, um, I'm trying more to get into into further into science to have better understandings of, of the makings of the universe, the four billion other galaxies or universes that may be out there. Um, and to me, it's, I think it's it, it's a slight importance of that. That way, you 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 see things and you better able to have an understanding. Right. Yeah. I mean, it'd be nice, man. It, it would be nice, you know. But that 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 don't care, you know. That that don't care that a lot of people have is, you know, is uh, is tough. And you know what else I didn't realize too, you know, what I kind of learned with doing Ufa, and they call it growing your own ashe or passing ashe and it was it would be the same thing in each in um in you know in in the, in the chinese system is uh at chi you know growing your own chi like if you ever study martial arts you know yeah. they talk about the power of chi yeah. and in yoruba that's called ashe you know in my native in my native uh balenta ancestor tongue that's called faye and, and uh and it's kind of that universal energy it's that universal knowledge and um through the choices that we chose, everybody can't handle, you know, can't handle all of the knowledge. Is in certain knowledge is only for certain people, but certain some of us, you know, have chosen to kind of obtain this knowledge and pass it on. It's a uh, it's a responsibility that we didn't chose to take on, and most people in life don't like, you know, the natural responsibility they have, like fucking raising kids and going to work. So you, you know see that the absorption of so much media that's around us is uh, makes it ineffective as well. I think it depends on what kind of media you study. You know, it's different kind of media is out there. You know, like any, but everything should be absorbed in moderation. Yeah, that's you know, what I'm saying. Like, on, I, think, I think people are watching too much TV. Or, but I mean, I would even say shit. I would even say shit. You could read too many books. Well, you could, you know but I haven't yet to experience yeah. that. Too. I mean, it's hard to say, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you know, you could, you know, you just like, uh, you know, the, the brain is a muscle just like anything else, you know, just like yeah, if you overwork out, you can strain that muscle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You could, you know, you know, you could burn yourself out. So I think everything, no matter what it is, you know, no matter what we're talking about, pretty much should be done in moderation. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I think media, you know, is definitely one of them, social media, you know, TV. Uh, movies, you know, fucking deep thinking too hard, you know, and just fucking deep, you know, thinking yourself into a fucking stupor. Yeah, because you deep think you're going to overthink and then you're going to overthink. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a big thing for One me. of the things about overthinking is you, at some point, you never are about action, right? Right, in that too, yep. All you do is, and that's the, the dude from Harvard, like, I kind of see that in him, like, he a deep thinker, he could do some fucking deep ass research, and he didn't been a guinea Bissau and all that shit. But like we would be on the phone conference calls and this dude just like lecture for hours. And I'm just like, all right, dude, well, you know, like what like what we gonna get to the point? You know, we building an organization and well, at the end of the day, action. this organization right, this yeah. organization gotta be self-sustaining. <clears throat> and all your research is beautiful, 
you know, all you know, all the old migration pattern and all of that shit is beautiful. But at the end of the day, that ain't helping us eat right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, we have to take that ancestral knowledge and we have to fly it today. You know, and one of the things that he found out is kind of why our ancestors, the Balinta ancestors, moved. Because we was originally from from uh from the Egypt that would be called uh Thebes or Ethiopia today. That's where my ancestors originate from. And so they start migrating because of wars and famine and shit. But basically what happened is that from his research, he said that basically before Egypt was Egypt, like any place, it was a bunch of federations. It was a bunch of, you know, it was a bunch of individual tribes. And so when a lot of the tribes start conquering other tribes, or when they start banding together, making when they start banding together, making kings and shit, my ancestors didn't want to be ruled. You know, they didn't want to be kings, you know, they want to continue to keep their own individuality as far as families and people. So, you know, they would constantly move. So, you know, every time somebody would try to, you know, basically subjugate them or, you know, or put them under like some type of rulership, they would continue to move until they got to get in the south on the coast. So, you know, just with that in mind and studying, you know, and just knowing that in mind, you know, moving your life and kind of how you should move and how you should move, you know, and what knowledge to retain and what knowledge to not retain. You know what I'm saying? So to me, you know, when you when you getting all of this knowledge, how are you using that knowledge to your you know to your so everyday life? Right behind it. Right, with your action plan. You know, if you just read a bunch of shit, you know, and gaining a bunch of fucking knowledge, well, my viewpoint, you ain't fucking doing nothing. Have you ever I mean, have you ever thought about um, getting with some local youth programs or anything and doing like a cooking class? Uh, yeah, that's something I'm gonna do once I get the truck up and running. You know, I try to get some apprentices, you know. Uh, one of the things that the organization Brotherhood of Elders do is they try to, they work with at-risk youth. So, you know, once I kind of get the truck up and running, you know, when I need people, you know, I talk to these brothers like, hey, you know, y'all got anybody, you know, y'all got any of these youngsters, you know, who kind of transition, you know, they want to do something, you know. I also think learn. that's a bullshit term when they say at-risk youth because it's not always true. Um, but, and right. the other thing, right. the other thing I want to say, is um, you you just don't want to like go in and just teach a class, a cooking class or a nutrition class? Um, I don't know if I really had the ability for that. I mean, just knowing myself, I'm a little bit of rough around the edges kind of guy. So if I do, it would have to be on my own terms. So that's why it'll be something that I would want to do when I have my own kitchen, when I have my own truck. Okay. Then I can set it up in my own terms. Because what I was what I was thinking, and it's just it's just me thinking, you know, and sharing it with you since we've been talking. Uh, you could put together a demonstration and then show them how you would go about showing them, you know, how to how to make a certain dish or prepare a dish and then fulfill it, you know. And you could put on a demonstration for those. That way, you could they will understand how how you go about your routine and how you will interact with kids and everything. But that's just me. That's just me. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, I mean, like I said, not. But besides getting my truck, I don't, you know, I don't know how to, I don't know how to facilitate something like that. You know, I mean, you know, my kids are older. I'm not really around any kids. If anybody ever asks me to do something like that, without a doubt, I would do it. But as far, you know, I don't, I don't have the, uh, you know, I don't know how to really set nothing up myself. Now, you know, when I get my kitchen, you know. And I get my tent, I put out a bunch of fucking portable stoves 
And yeah, I do a bunch of demonstrations like that. You know what I'm saying? But as far as the whole, you know, for one thing, man, I barely kind of like people in general. You know what I'm saying? So it would definitely be have to, you know, if if I was to do it in a, I guess in a more professional, you know what I'm saying, kind of kind of manner like that, it would have to be somebody else who would have to set it up for me. Okay. So you so you, you so you would at least be open to the idea of going and speak to somebody, say, hey, if for a youth program, can I come in and do a setup real quick for you guys? Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would rather for somebody to bring it to me than to bring it to them. Because like I say, if I bring it to them, then they're going to want to be involved. You know, and and, I, and it would be something I would want to do myself. You know, it would well, be something I would want to do. You go over like. that with them once, you know, you do the demonstration. Or they say, yeah, yeah we why, agreed to it. Three times. Why, not just get my, why not just get my truck, my tent, and set it up myself without asking nobody? Okay, Starver. I'm just throwing the idea out there. No, I feel you, but like I say, if somebody is willing to set it up, I'm willing to do it. But as far as me, let's say, walking into a community center, that's not really my bag. I got you, I got you. I got you. I understand. No, dog, I'm on, you know. I'd rather talk to people more, you know, more than less, in a less structured manner. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not a big fan of a whole lot of structure. So I like to deal with people in a less structural manner. That way I could fully be me without any expectations of gotcha. some type of professionalism. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I could be professional, but yeah, I want to drop a fucking shit in that doing too. And I don't want nobody to be able to say nothing. Not that you can't <laughs> drop a shit every day. It's just you know what I'm about setting it up, my good friend. You know what I'm saying, but you know all those things, man. I'm still, I'm still digging within myself. You know, still working. You know, working with kids is something that I definitely want to do. You know, I just, I just haven't quite found the avenue. I don't you don't like want to know, shit. man. You don't really want to know, though, dog. I mean, I, I mean, I, I could like tell you, but then you might say I'm hating or some shit, and you know, you just might not really want to know. I don't like that shit. My shit was always better than you. I think it's that West Coast love you getting out there. No, dude, dude, it was never, dude. Your shit was never better than mine. You, you, but I got a a secret though. I got a secret though. I got a new secret though. Okay. My daughter that made a product called Melon Skin. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I slap a little bit of that every day, you know, all natural whipped, uh, whipped body butters. Okay. You know, the, a, a little product line my my daughter developed. She got a she got a little beard cream and a little beard spray for the fellas called Yes Sir. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, you know I got a t-shirt. About it. Yeah, I got a little t-shirt business going on over here too. My yes, other daughter do paints and shit. Talk about you know, she do painting, so you know, so we put them on t-shirts, you know. But you know, we not doing you know rip Pookie, rip Ray Ray. You know, I, you know, I'm even looking for some artists, you know, for some people that do some real art that come up with some real concepts. Yeah. You know, I want to throw it on a T-shirt. You know, I, I want to, you know, I want to represent the culture, man. I want to represent our people. You know what I'm saying? Perfect. I, I, I want to show all type of talent. You know, I want to show all of the talent we have. That's something else I'm doing with the truck. As soon as I get the truck out, try to find some people that make some desserts, make some juices. Everything on my truck is going to be homemade by me or somebody that I know. 
And you know what I'm saying? And, I, and I'm giving, you know, other entrepreneurs a chance to get their shit on the shelf, to get out there to the public. You haven't linked with nobody out there from... Um... Yeah, I got a few people here. Uh, I got a few people, but you know, like everywhere, most people ain't really serious. And you okay. know, if I'm a fucker with you, you gotta be serious. Okay. You know, I, you know, I'm not gonna do too much talking. You know, I'm a, you know, I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna do, and then I'm gonna show you what I'm gonna do, and then you either, you know, you either ready when I'm ready or you're not ready when I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to open up avenues for people, and you know, and you know, do something for everybody, man, not just for myself, but you know, for me, my prayers is always seven generations. I want to affect seven generations. At least seven generations. Gotcha. That's dope, man. I'm glad, I'm glad you still, you know, you got the vision. You got the vision down. I'm, I'm glad that you're still sticking to it, you know, and, and you, you plan on following through with it. Um, I would just like for more people, and it will happen that more people will continue to vibrate towards you to make sure that you uh, reach the necessary goals that you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, Egg Bay gonna make sure that Egg Bay, like you guys said, yeah. Have you been to Africa yet? No, um, next year. Next year I should be going. Next year I should be going. Yeah. You're more than welcome to go. I need More to go. welcome to go with me. I need to it's go. Gonna be a, it's going to be a deep experience, dog. I need it's to go. Be real deep. I need and to I'm, a, I'm at least going for, uh, I'm at least going for 20 days minimal. Because I have to go out into the amount of time that you need to be over there to adjust and, and be able to take it all in. Yeah, then I have to go into the bush for seven days, so. You got to go what? I got to go into the bush for seven days. I thought that's what you said. Yeah, so, yeah, I'd be over there for at least 20, doing some training, and then from there, I'd be back and forth on the regular, because I have to go, you know, you have to go back regularly for training and learning, you know. It's it's a lifetime journey, man. It's a lifetime journey of growth. That's one of the things I appreciate about EFI. It's all encompassing, you know. You know, I, I you know, at, at some point, you know, you find yourself reading 50 different books about 50 different cultures trying to do your own piecing together. We ain't got to do that no more, dog. Our ancestors really do have a complete system. A complete which is, system. Which is dope and awesome. But, you know, I'm one of those guys that's just like understanding of everybody else. So. No, no, everybody. No, no, and I get that. And I'm not selling nothing. We don't sell shit. We're not door-to-door salesmen. You know, we don't sell uh, shit. It's either, it's bro, either bro, for me, you or it's not. <laughs> me, it's like, how did they, how did you, how did you get that, and how did you get that when I got this right here? What you mean? Like, <laughs> did they get that, that, and that, and it's it already was already over this way. You know, I still don't, I still don't get this, this, and that. This so, like, I, I I know where it started from, but you try for me, it's kind of like I'm doing the research and trying to track. Yeah, you track it back. Yeah, yeah, you track it back. back you yeah. know, figure out where it came from. But no, no, and that's sweet, and that's and that's yeah. sweet. But no, but you know, you know, like uh, I don't know what they say. Uh, you know, some things are well, uh, uh, are well worn path. You know, some some of the work our ancestors already did for us. So why continue to go back and continue to do it? 
You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we have to we have to take our we have to take our ancestors' words. We have to believe, you know, in what they left. You know what I'm saying? Because otherwise we kind of just at the end of the day, you just end up you on a hamster wheel. You know, you 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 know, you're doing the same thing. You're doing the work that somebody already did. Gotcha. And that's that's kind of like with history. You know, that that's just, you know, to me it's almost the same thing as you know, you know, when you gonna stop reading about it and actually put it in the work. You know, right. put it and put it in action. You know, because because we are no matter what you read it, it's all telling us the same shit. Yeah, it's telling yeah. Us, like you say that story was the same. It's all telling us the same thing. So when you gonna stop reading about it and when you gonna put it to work, whatever system you decide to follow, Absolutely. it's all it all it's all coming from a system. It's all coming from a culture. And I'm thankful for the points where I was I was able to uh, get the work done. Um, and me and someone was talking about getting me back into doing more work recently. So uh, I'm very thankful that I I started doing the work years and years and years ago, uh, and I've changed quite a few lives. Um, and, and that's that's been very very helpful to me and very pleasing at the same time. I don't know if that's a good word to use, but it it, it has been pleasing. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't change that to be able to to help others who don't understand themselves and, and they don't know how, how to go about connecting to who they really are. Uh, and, and, and how did you go about it? Very bad environments, while others have a you know they come from uh, better circumstances, but. It's always been, I, I've always stepped, uh, stepped up to the challenge of being able to help them out. Um, and I'm very grateful that even to this day, some of them still talk to me about the things that I've been able to, to uh, help them figure out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just, each one teach one, right? That's the, yeah, that's the basis of it, right? Yep, each one teach one. That's the basis each of it. Each one teach one, each one teach two. It's passing along the ashe, the fire, the chief. No, it's passing on the knowledge. You know, passing on the knowledge. So, you know, we are still doing work. We are just doing work in our, you know, in our own particular way. Yep. That's a, yep. That's, that's, a, that's the that's gist it. of it. Um, it. It's a beautiful thing, though, to just be able to connect with people and, and, and get, again, that understanding and where they are lacking, you're just able to help them build and, and help send them on their way. And, and then just watch them grow. I think it's a it's an awesome thing, and it's very inspiring at the same time. It's uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's deep energy work too, man. It's uh, it takes a lot out of you, giving a lot of energy, you know, and uh, somebody giving energy to you. But when you especially, you know, when you do a more than giving other energy. You know, it's uh, it's something spiritual about it. You know, it's something spiritual about it, and it's, you know, it takes a lot, man. It takes a lot, and it takes a commitment that you know. So you know, I I I definitely, you know, I know me and you, we definitely don't agree, you know, on a lot of things. Well, not necessarily disagree on a lot of things, but. You know, we both definitely bullheaded enough where we have our own way of seeing shit and they neither one of us gonna let that go. So, you know, I definitely, you know, I definitely, you know, salute your man. I salute the man's man that, that's like that. You know, I salute the man's that's fucking, you know, that want to do the work they self. You know, it's, it's all about doing the work yourself. You know, and, 
and willing, you know, and, and willing to and willing to put that energy out there, you know, that spirit. And that's that's the spirit, that's the deity. It is you know, exhausting that we should honor. It's 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 um, mentally it's mentally exhausting when when you're trying to help. Mentally, physically, everything. The physical part, you know, the physical part, bro. To be honest, the physical part didn't really bother me. You know what I mean? Because I accepted that part as a challenge of, of dealing with youth, dealing with young people, and, and trying to push them in the right direction. That part didn't bother me. It's the mental aspect because it's not one person. It's a bunch of people that you're trying to to push and motivate, and they all have a different energy, and they all have a different way of seeing things. And they're all and a different need. <laughs> they have a different need. They're all dealing with different things, right? So it's 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 that part. It's that part. Trying to recognize what each person needs, and then trying to be able to galvanize and, and put something that, like a plan together for them to kind of get them where they need to go. You know, while they trying to yeah, play on yeah. you, you trying to really not play, but you trying to get them to where they need to be, so they're more effective as as a person. And I definitely come in that because that's that's hard with kids, yeah. you know, especially kids, you know, that that go through shit in their whole life. You know, they've been taught that it's all a game, it's all a scheme. You know, then you know you gotta, you know, you gotta scheme somebody to get over. You know, you know you gotta, you know, you know them be the kids where you know, you no, know, we put the phone bill in Pookie name this this month. You know what I'm saying? So you know their whole life be about, you know, not necessarily working hard. And try to obtain the right way, it'd be about, you know, fuck, how can I, you know, how I'm gonna eat today, you know, how I'm gonna scheme enough to eat today. Yeah. You know, or, or get what I need, you know, or hustle and get what I need. So that's that, you know, you you chose you chose the tough role, brother. I salute that role one hundred percent. That is yeah. It's that it's, is it's, a, it's, a it's admirable. It's admirable. Crazy too. thing, man. Um I I I just know what it's like to not have nobody in my corner. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought you, you know, I thought you grew up with your pops and your moms and stuff. No, I'm, me and my pops never were, never really had a relationship with each other. It, we off and on, but we never really connected a solid. Me and my mom were, were, were good, but I mean, you talking about a woman working night and day, you know what I mean? Typical, yep, black woman. <laughs> Go make it happen. Yeah, you talking about a woman who's trying to work take care of us and send money to him down south and that was just a a, a situation that took a toll on her too and, and over the years you just saw it and you just noticed it you know you got you got brother brother you got brothers sisters um i have i have men who have considered me their little brother um non-biological but um they you take only child me. too huh you an only child too no i um, i have an older sister and a younger sister Okay, okay. Oh, you're the middle. Yeah. Now I get it. Now I get it a little bit more. What's that? Now I get brother. Now I get brother O a little bit more. Brother O. That, that middle, that middle child. That middle child. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I see it on my daughter. That middle child. Explorer. Mm-hmm. Explorer. Yep. Deep, pretty deep. You know, pretty deep thinker. Yeah, because it's kind of like when you're in the middle, when you're the middle child, no one's really paying attention. So you kind of just wander out and do what you feel is necessary for you. Right. Artistic. She's yeah. real artistic. Yeah. Real artistic, you know. I have a way of seeing stuff that, you know, a lot of, you know, none of us really see. See yep. shit don't none of us see. 
You know, she, yeah. she, she don't know nothing about see, you know. She, and I be looking at people like, man, y'all, y'all just missed all that. Like, all yeah, that. Yeah, she, you know? yeah, she do that shit all the time. Talk, she, she get up and talk to her sleeping all type of shit. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then be sarcastic at you half the time. You don't even know why. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. her. That's her. Yeah. Yep. I, I love I love the people who have come into my life um, and have been a positive influence and, and have helped me build and, and layer my life in, in, in this spectacular way that it has um, unfolded. You know, it's been a beautiful process. Um, would you say mostly men that have an influence on your life or mostly women? I think it's a mixture of both. I, I, it's probably more of the men but it, i do have i do have women around me some really positive women yeah but you grew up in the house at all women didn't you? yeah yeah even outside the house like i have what what some dudes would say that you men can't have friends as, as women i do yeah I yeah have, i got a lot of women bro. yeah i got I women got friends, bro and i didn't have sex with all of them you know what i mean i ain't getting sex with none of mine like, I, that's the part I don't understand. Like, yeah, it's not that, because these do. I, I always tell people, like, it's because you wasn't trying to. Like, you, you were aiming to, to, to fuck. And, and for me, I wasn't aiming for that. I was looking for, for actual fellowship, people to talk to, people to deal with, you know, someone who could tell me more about women than I knew, you know, and how to deal yeah. with certain situations, like whatever they may be going, going through, or how do I relate to it, or how do I get them to understand me, you know, so... Um, I've had I've had very good, very good women in my life. Outside, always, uh, yeah, outside of my mom, you know, and my, uh, my my cousins. Yeah, I've always related to women. I've always had better relationships with women than me. You know, probably because I I grew up, you know, I grew up with all women the same way. No no sisters, but I grew up with three women in the house. Mm. You know, for most of my life, got three women that live in the house. Well, four women that live in the house with me now. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I've always been surrounded by women. They my greatest protector. Yeah, they always, always. Yeah, especially through some stuff, you know, like when they would see me around certain dudes, they'd be like, "Yo, I don't like that person right there." Women always my greatest protector. Yeah, they, uh, they, they <clears throat> very instrumental in warning me and, and letting me know about people, even even when it was people that I was super solid with, you know. Yeah, always, yeah. always point certain things out to me. Yeah. And I, I'm a, again, I'm appreciative of that stuff, man. That stuff, it makes you, you know, because if you're able to heed to someone like that, um, it, it opens up different oh, yeah. avenues to your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Women powerful, too. Women powerful. Women are dope, man. Women are super dope. And the best part about it is when they love you, they they really love you, you know. And there's nothing like, like a that. woman love. Huh? Nothing like it. Nothing like a woman love. Nothing like wow. her scoring either. Nothing huh? like her scoring either. I say nothing like her scoring either, though. Even worse, but I prefer the love. <laughs> I prefer, I prefer that love. love absolutely. I, I prefer, prefer love, love absolutely, bro. man. I prefer the love without a fucking doubt, cause uh, cause a woman that fucking scored is fucking man. Yeah, it's a super it's a super dope thing to know you know that there are women out there that care and love you and are very genuine about 
being in your life and having you in theirs. You know, it's just not, it's just nothing like that. And I'm, I'm super grateful for those who have chosen me to be in their life and be in mine. It's, it's a wonderful thing. And I think it needs to be said because it's not said a lot. You know, it, it, we, I think a lot of times it's glossed over and we act like, you know, that's what's supposed to be done. And even though it is supposed to be done, sometimes with us as men, we do a shitty job of showing it. Very shitty, very shitty. And, and then you end up with situations where some of these women are, they'll give their love away to, to some dude who don't really give a shit about them and don't appreciate them. And some of us don't realize that's a reflection on us and the way we treat them, you know? Yep, yep. Add on to the trauma. Say that one more time. Add, add it on to the trauma. Add on to the trauma, you know, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, a different kind, you know, you have your group trauma and you have your individual trauma. Yes. And uh, black, black women in particular, you know, I've had a very rough time, a lot of trauma but you know, generations and generations they, they've been dealing with, so. Yeah. You know, especially at the hands of black men. Yeah, and, and my, uh, yeah, that part, because I feel like a lot of times yeah. uh, we're ignoring. We fail, dog. We fail, dog. Fuck yeah. that, we fail. <laughs> you know, I ain't even gonna be, we, we fail, dog. Yeah, shitty at it, that's what I was saying. <laughs> we fail it, man, yeah. we fucking fail it, Jack. We ignore them. And they've been, and to the most part, if, if we being honest, they've been stronger for us, then we've been stronger for, for them, man. And that's, that's a, that's they didn't a carry us. They didn't fucking carried us. Yeah. They didn't carry us, period. They didn't carry us. I know some guys right now that are, that are going, nuh-uh, nuh-uh. And if you actually think about it, if you actually think about it, just sit there and think about it. I know some women, when I was doing, when I was doing dumb shit, they was hiding stuff and taking care of stuff for me. You understand? So, um, I definitely know those women, they, they they already know anything they want and I have it, it's theirs, you know, without an ask. We, we fell. We fell. But, you know, maybe we'll get there eventually. You know, we, toxic masculinity is just, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's ruining a lot of people, but us in particular, because our coaches don't come from that. You know, our coaches, early coaches wasn't, you know, it was a lot more balanced, you know, than the coaches are now. Yeah, you know, they wasn't all about duality. Yeah, they wasn't, you know, they wasn't patriotical, they wasn't really matriarchal, but they were definitely a lot more led culture, you know, cultural wise by women. You know. Basically our thing was to protect them and let them build. You know what I'm saying? And then some somewhere along the line, we got in our fucking head that that we that you know we builders and nurturers. Dumbass. Yeah. Saying yeah. then you get all of these, you know, then you get all of this dumb shit. Strength started taking over. Shit. I yeah. think it was strength started taking over, you know what I mean? That brute force bullshit started getting in the way. And it's crazy yeah, because you so. still get these guys out here walk around with this whole attitude like they tough as shit, you know? And it's just like, come on, bro. And it's tough too because it's women out here that damn near promote that shit. You know, I mean it's it's women out here, man, that and I'm not never promote the hit of no woman. But it's damn near women out here well, 
if you don't fucking smack them around, you don't love them. And and and, and that's so you know. That's backwards. Yeah, it's backwards, man. But backwards. you know, it kind of it go to you know it go to where our culture is right now, you know, and and the things that we deem important are not important, you know. And like I say, you know, women and carried us, so I'm gonna put it on the men. You know, about about a lot of the fathers, you know, just kind of not being there, yeah. you know, and showing a, showing the woman what a man's supposed to do, you know. But I'm not, you know, I'm not excusing the women that they ran good men away either. But you know, a lot of them is scoring women, you know, from from shit that a man did to them, you know, whether it was their father, you know, just some other man, you know. And I think part of that yeah. comes from them putting too much faith in a relationship that they probably knew wasn't going nowhere. But this dude kept using that old those old tired lines of that I love you, or they thought the loving was good or the sex was good, so they thought the dude would stay, you know. And it, it's some abuse on their part, and then some abuse on ours, you know what I mean? So, yeah. And I, I think, uh, you know, I like to take it a little bit further back, even in slavery, man. Half these dudes just think they bucks, you know. They think they bucks on the plantation. I mean, to be completely honest with you, yeah. Half of them, you know. They think they bucks on the plantation. You know, they think they only here to make babies and, you know, and spread sperm and, you know, you know, you you know, ain't no more, ain't no emotional support. Well, you know, part of that, part of the bucking was buck breaking too. So it's it's some of that out here too. Hey, I'm gonna pause real quick again. All right. All right, all right, all right. All right. So we were speaking on bucking and buck breaking, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and just us doing better as men. You know, black men in, in particular. Um, you know, so a lot of us still got the backward mindset. You know, hide kids and you know let master take care of. Them. Let me ask you a question. So you we you were speaking earlier that uh, we knew who we wanted to be. We chose we chose who we were in all our actions. You think people wanted to be slaves? They chose to be slaves. Depends on how you look at it, man. I mean, it's, it's a lot of different ways to look at it. The physical aspect of slavery, like 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 you born, you know what I'm saying? You born and I choose to be a slave. No, nah. you know what happened to our ancestors? I wouldn't say that they chose that. But from my understanding of it, and I doubt if this is any other book, our ancestors warned not to mess with white people not to make trade with white people, not to do business with white people. And some of us chose to do it anyway. You know what I'm saying? So by our own, by our own actions and not heeding the advice of the oracles and ephah and whatever else, and whatever other divination system that's out there that we choose to prescribe to, yeah, we chose. In that respect, absolutely. Because the Yoruba say, and one of their old dudes, how they was told not to do business with white people. And some of them chose to, some of them didn't. So some of them engaged in the slave trade, some of them didn't. So yeah, I mean, as a collective, as individual choices, no, we didn't choose to be in the slavery. But as a collective, we absolutely chose to be in the slavery, especially by engaging in the Civil War and supplying slaves, you know, to a certain degree of being manipulated you know what I'm saying? By the Europeans and all of their material shit. Same thing that happened to Egypt. Material materialism is always 
has always been our downfall. You know, the sad, part not that, the sad part about the materials is they were trading, they were trading piss poor items for some of the greatest things that had ever been, that right. some of the greatest resources that had ever been given to this earth and they were just giving it up for nothing, for toothpicks and rocks. Uh, umbrellas. Bullshit. Umbrellas. Scarves. Um, scarves, you know, it was, but it was, uh, you know, it's, it's this sense of, you know, part of it is this sense of egotism. You know, everybody want to separate themselves. Everybody want to be better than the next person. You know, one of the ways you do that is with things. You know, what's what's the you know what's the easiest hourly way you know to prove that you kind of didn't that you kind of achieve and you accomplish more than anybody is with things. You know, you know don't I mean don't nobody too you know don't know, don't too many people really care about how elevated our mind is. No, you know, they want to know what we got. That's, yeah, they want to know what you got and what you can and, and how and how I can get that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. People, I, I I hear that from time to time when people go into these type of conversations that we're having. They go like, "All right, yeah, that's cool and all that. You know all this deep ass shit, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but what do we get me? Or or like, what do you how do, what do you do for a living? You know, like how are you using that? You know, it it goes into that whole right. situation. Yeah. How does that make you money? Exactly. <laughs> And one of the nice things about African spirituality, that's in there too. Yeah, because if I want <laughs> that's to in up, there too. <laughs> if I want to conjure up money, it's only a matter of time before I do the work to get the money that I desire. Yeah, and you already do it. You go to work every day, you conjure money. There's no such thing as a fucking money spell that's gonna make money money appear in your lap. No. The magic is you getting up every fucking day and, and motivating yourself every day to get up and go and go make that motherfucker money. That's the magic. Hustle That's the, the work. Magic. Work the hustle. <laughs> That's the magic. That's the magic. It, it ain't no spell. You know, after spirituality ain't about no hocus pocus magic spell. But people, think that, but people think that. And the reason why they think that is because of the way spirituality has been introduced to them. Some of this shit is just common sense and science. It's shallow, yeah, it's shallow, dude. People think that way because they fucking shallow, period. People don't fucking think past their own damn nose. If if I don't if you don't fucking explain something to somebody damn this step and step, most people wouldn't even fucking get it on their own. And, you know, it's intellectual laziness. You know, it's intellectual laziness. Yeah. Some shit is just common sense, you know. You know, knowledge is free. To use your fucking mind is free. To think is free. That's why I tell people, if you want to know something, instead of letting these dudes hustle you and take your money, as they talking about they uh, uh they all for the for the people, I can just tell you what book they've been reading. I can tell you what book they've been reading. Y'all, y'all be looking at all these podcasts and all these guys be going off giving all y'all these big words and crazy definitions of everything. And then they turn around and tell you, I need a donation, right? Instead of that, I can just give you the book. I can tell you what book he what what book he read. I got a couple shelves in here full of books, you know. Exactly. But, you know that's you know that's that's you know, that's you know like I said, man. People just don't think past they fucking knows. You know they just they just don't. You know, yeah. Don't, and then you got the others who who hear what they want to hear and they see what they want to see. You can tell the motherfucker it's sky blue. They, they gonna tell you something else. 
That's true. And you know that's part of you know that's a hustle too. <laughs> you know that's a hustle too. That's why I called it yeah. faux profits, because it's about fake fake profits. It's a double entendre play on words and everything. So Yeah, that's a hustle too. No, but that's you know, so I you know, we definitely come back to you know, you definitely gotta do your own research, you definitely gotta do your own knowledge. But I have a question for you. Do you believe that from the what thirty-five to fifty million people that were taken from Africa, do you believe that the majority of them made them over here on the boat? So yeah, but I don't play into that whole that whole uh, I lost you, bro. I lost you. You got to go back to the beginning. You know, black people with Indian bullshit. I don't play that. Go, go back to the bit. Go back to the beginning. I, I lost you. Um, no, I don't. I don't buy a whole. I mean, I guess some of us were already here. Guess some of us got here through our own means. Um, but I don't play the whole black people as original Native American bullshit. That's bullshit. That's 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 some old. That's some old. To me, that's a, that's another. What you just call it a a double conundrum or some shit. You know, to me, that's like a you know, that's like a Hebrewism. Like, you know, what I'm saying that's some that's some self hate type shit. No, oh, that's not what I'm saying. No, that's not. I'm not that's, saying that we were Native Americans. No, no, but I'm just saying. You know, a lot of people. You know, they they you they the way that you even frame that question. That that's the way that's the way they are framing their question. You really think they brought all of us over here on the boat and we was all slaves? You know that's that's one of their arguments. But uh, no, I think some of us some of us definitely. Came. I I didn't read uh, I didn't read different stuff where black people actually came through Ellis Island. You know, just like just like any other people. When it was a Pangea, we took boats and we came over here. Yeah. So you no, know, I believe I believe that, but I don't like I say. People normally try to use that argument to say that, you know, black people is Indians and, you know, when, when white people was got here, you know, it was already a collection of black people here. I don't mean that. Well, you saying you don't believe that black people are already here? Not in masses. Not in masses. Like, like people try to say, oh, this tribe specifically was a tribe for the black people. Sub-Saharan black people? No. I don't know, man. I forgot the name of the book, but um, it's very well documented that, that uh, when they got here, they said that there were people with black shiny faces and ivory teeth that were here in Virginia, or what we call as Virginia. Bro, you can see people. You can see people like you can see people right there, right now, like that. Your signal is horrible right now. That don't make sub. That don't make them sub. Say, you know, you got North Africa, you got sub. Say, here now. Hold on, you know, come on. I'm gonna be at the house in a second. My phone is actually fucking dry. Yeah, I didn't hear. I didn't hear. Any I said, um, I said, all right, hold on for a minute. Can you hear me now? Yeah. All right. I said that we uh, I say uh, we you know even when they say that. They don't describe them as sub-Saharan Africans. 
You know, they just every everybody that's black, everybody that have black skin ain't black. Ain't ain't black like me and you black. It's people you know that's darker than you that are black. Thank you. That blue but, black, but that they, navy, they, that navy blue black. Right, but they got them people over there in India. That's what I'm saying. So, but, so what I'm saying is that. But, but black, but see, we have to be careful how we use a black because black is a European term, and, it only, and it only means one thing here. It only black only means one thing here, and when you talking about black here, you talking about sub-Saharan Africans, people that come below that line, that you know that come from that come from let's say anywhere from Guinea-Bissau on down to South Africa, those are a different set of Africans. So I won't say that it was a, a great masses, a bunch of sub-Saharan Africans already here. Maybe they probably came with Massa Musa, you know, who everybody want to hold up as some, as some big savior, but he was an enslaver. Yeah, but they, they were over here before that, bro. Not in masses like that, dog. Not, 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 oh. not, to, say, not to say like we here the nation. Not to say like we here the nation, but I just ain't buying that. I ain't buying it, dog. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, and I know a lot of people talk that, you know, I, I we Africans, dog, period, point blank. But I, that's, I, so you're saying it without saying it, man. What, that we Africans? No, well, we know that, but that they were already here. They were already here. It was some, no, I said it was some here, but what I'm saying is I don't agree like it was a, it was a I wouldn't say that you know, out of the 34 million people that they said, 15 million of them was already here. I wouldn't make that argument. I wouldn't say that it was 15 million sub-Saharan Africans already here in Americans before before enslavement started. I wouldn't say that. I, I can't number them. I can't number them, but they were here, my guy. Oh, I mean, I'm not, and I'm not even gonna debate that. I know they was, because you know, we was making trips all day long. Even yeah. Columbus said that, we would, but they was going back. You know what I'm saying? They were, you know, Columbus seen them. They was going back. They was already making trades with the, with the, uh, with the Ty Puerto Rico and the, and the, Taino. And, you know, the Avarks, the Tainos of Puerto Rico. They was already, you know, making trade with them. So I know about that. But in masses, I'm, I, I just, I don't see that. I don't see in masses. I don't see it being like some big African community over here in Americas already. It's, it haven't even been no evidence of that discovered nowhere. And, and I'm not bad at all, Max. I'm not bad at either. You, you know, it's Mexicans that it's like them motherfuckers. You tripping? Telling you, dog. I didn't. Really, I'm telling. And I know what book you're talking about. What, <laughs> I know what exactly. book am I talking about? You probably talking about uh, uh, but you could be talking about before Columbus. No. You could be. You could be talking about uh. It's a few books that talk about it, but I'm just not buying it that it was masses of us here. I'm not saying it wasn't, but. I'm not bad. I'm not bad. I'm to me, it's not you're talking. You're talking about they came before Columbus. I'm not talking about that book. No, no. Nah. But who the who 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 wrote the book you talking about? I can't remember, but it ain't that guy. But he even it was one. It was one author that I always he gave a dope me. explanation, but it's it's not him. Uh, Bond. That is it. The Bond Stratton dude. Ooh. Something by Stratton. It's the dude who did, who wrote a lot of books, basically, you know, saying that black people is already here. 
uh, before Columbus. He wrote a lot about the um, oh, yeah, uh, the that's, that, that's Ivan Van Yeah, him. That is he the one that wrote it? No, no. Okay, because I was going to say a lot of his work had been debunked. A it's lot of his work was debunked. A lot of his work was debunked. Okay, okay. You know, he uh, yeah, a lot of his work was kind of debunked, but uh. The, you know the person, the most, the, the story that I trust the most is 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 over here in America would be uh would be John Henry Clark, and he yes, even, he even said, and he even said he said we was here, but we Africans. He said paint. You know he said he said that that's pretty much how we got here, and he you know and he explained it, but you know purely saying that you know that it was a bunch of that it was like a whole sub-Saharan African community all already in uh already in America before the enslavement started. No evidence of that. No, no, no true evidence of that. Nah, you know? it had to be, bro. Why you say that? It, it had to be because of the skin tone of, of or do you just believe so you saying that you just believe that let me see the people of Oaxaca and all those other areas in Mexico, they were just looking like that? You know, uh, you know, uh, more enslaved Africans went to Mexico than came to they came to to the mainland America. You know that, right? Yeah. Okay, so, so I mean, that could explain why Oaxaca is so dark right there, and especially if it's on the coast, that would explain that right there. No, we don't know what they look like. We don't know what they look like pre pre uh, pre Europeans. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta look it all up because it's, 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 it's dope. It's a really dope explanation of it all, and it explains and like the migration periods of of Africans uh -huh. who could come over, and then the migration of Japanese the people from what we call Japan and how they all migrated over and caused that. But look how much the Jap I know about the migration of the Japanese, but look how much the Japanese have changed over time. Yeah, absolutely. So it could you know have. Is that? That's not to say it didn't happen. No, no, absolutely not. But but to say but to say that that it was black people already here is a stretch too. E either way, it would be. It would, either way, it would kind of be a stretch to say. Either way, either way, and and and, before, and you have to take European. You have and most of our information. You know, if it don't come from word of mouth, it come from Europeans. Everything that comes from Europeans, you got to take with a grain of salt. Remember, everybody outside of Europe was pretty much black to them. Everybody in Africa was an Ethiopian. You know, was an Ethiopian, a burnt face. Because that's, that was just a generalized name, just like the term black. Yeah. So we have to look at when Europeans are saying black, that don't necessarily mean sub-Saharan black. They call Indians black. But if you talk to an Indian, Indian they ought to smack the shit out of you if you tell them that they black. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So we have to be careful when we say black and then using Europeans, you know, colonial, colonial, uh, colonial writings to justify that. I agree with that because when you're saying black, you're not really it's it don't it's always mean the same thing. It's not nothing definitive at all when you're doing it that way. Right. Uh, right. And, uh, that, that that word alone doesn't really give give a particular uh, definition to a group of people when you're trying to say something like a nation, right? Or a certain group. Right. Exactly. So I agree with that. You can't do it. I agree with that. You can't do it. And, every, and even within Africa, you know, even within Nigeria, you have, you have probably 60 different kind of tribes or nations. 
Correct. Some of them are vastly different from the other ones. Yeah, they'll they'll also speak like ten different uh, dialects. Yeah, to, it's like two it's like two hundred dialects in Nigeria. It's like two hundred dialects in Nigeria alone. Yeah, the Yoruba will probably have ten of them. You know, so you know you have to be I know careful. Someone that's from Togo, and they they speak they speak a, a, a few different dialects and French thrown in there. Right. Right, I've been feeling dumb as hell talking to Africans because they speak so many damn <laughs> Man, dog. I, I I remember I used to uh, remember the drunk African that used to be there uh who worked in the kitchen. He was a dishwasher. Old sure black guy. I can't remember his name right now. Oh, I know you're talking about who had the big thick boots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the one of them was real tall and one of them was short. The short one I think I is to say George. George. And then the tall tall one is Kobla. There you go. Yeah. Kobla. Now Kobla Kobla was a fucking bitch. I hated him. I, I could I not get along. That. I couldn't get along with him for nothing, man. But George, me and George is cool as hell. And even though George was a drunk, George spoke like five different languages. You know what I'm saying? So I always kind of admired that. You know, I always admired that shit. Man. And, and he would, and he would talk to you. George would talk to you, man. Yeah, George did. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why I say Pope was He was like one of them African. Uh, Queen. Queen yeah. B. Yeah, no. Queen B. Call your grandmother and tell her that I'm still on the conference call. Um, no, nah, Kobe was the type of, you know, was the type of African who really didn't like black people. So, you know, like, I could barely, like, hold a conversation with him without, like, him kind of, like, treat me in a way that I didn't appreciate. Really? Yeah, yeah, and I tried, you know, I tried a million times to have a conversation with him, a few times, you know, about Africa, but, you know, just like, dude, would you treat me like shit, and, you know, we just kept on butting heads. Well, no and, and not to make an excuse for him, but maybe it was his experiences with other people, when they say something like, do you know, what, what do you know from Africa, or something like that, and they probably- Oh, yeah, yeah, without a doubt, yeah, yeah, yeah without shit. a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. I never tried to cover him like that, though. I know that. I know you wouldn't do no shit like that. Yeah, I ain't trying to come at the man like that. You know, shit. I wasn't trying to, you know, know where you come from. And then somebody told me he was like a refugee or something, you know, or, or something. It was something like that where, uh, where, uh, where he basically here, like, where he basically, like, he got, like, asylum in America. Because, like, it was, like, people, like, trying to kill him and shit. Wow. Yeah, like uh, he might have came like from like a political family or some shit like that, and it was different kind of uprising here for me. So you know, I wanted to ask him about that. I wanted to be known. To. Yeah, like what, 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 what? How did he go? What did he go through and everything? Yeah, you know, but man wouldn't give me no time a day. Just like the damn, just like the housekeeping uh, African lady, she wouldn't talk to me either. Who was that? I don't know her name, but she was uh she was uh she was a housekeeper, and she was an African lady. Hmm. She wouldn't talk to him either. Or maybe she worked in laundry. She might have worked in laundry. She couldn't work in laundry because it was only like two or three people and they were all Mexican. Okay, yeah, so it hit a tip in the house. But you gotta remember, I was there five years ago too, before they shut down laundry. Yeah. When you know when they were still doing it in the house. They were they were doing it in the house before that was two two or three years ago. Yeah, you know, I left five years ago. Yeah, they were still doing it after you left. They were oh, okay. They were still doing it for a while. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, think I, I think on my Exodus, that's when it changed, and they started outsourcing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I heard about that. 
But yeah, that was, uh, you know, it was an African lady in there, but, you know. But now, like I say, man, it, it's a possibility that it was African still, but just at masses, I just ain't seen enough evidence. I'm only saying that, bro, because, I mean, when you thinking of, when I'm thinking about it, not you, when I'm thinking about it, <coughs> if, we, if we're doing a great migration out of there, it had to be a lot of shit happening, man. And for so many, like, even with people that, Benjamin Banneker, the, the Banneker tribe, and all these different groups, it had to be quite a few people that were here, man. It is possible, but I think they would have here blended in with the, you know, with the native population. You know, is you know, and not like created like they own. You know, like what I'm saying is, you know how like Europeans kind of did like a colonization thing. You know, they sent a bunch of pilgrims over, you know, to do a settlement and, and you know and shit like that. There's no evidence that Africans did anything like that. It's evidence that they came over here for trade. You know, it's evidence that they shared uh that they shared certain spiritual knowledge and different things like that. Yeah, because they were watching work from Germany to North, uh to California or some shit like that. Yeah, so I mean it's evidence of, of, of things like that. But to say that it's uh, you know, they came over here and they did like a whole settlement, like like European no, I, ain't talking about was, I ain't saying they wouldn't No, no, and I mean not even fight it. You know, not even fight. I'm just mean like, you know, like they spread it like a whole big settlement. They said pilgrims over, you know, so I don't I, it's just no evidence of that. No, I, I don't. I don't see. I don't see that. I don't see that at all. And that's the only way you would get a bunch of us here in masses. Besides, besides a forced migration, besides a forced migration, True. you know, other most other migrations were pretty much were done off of, uh, you know, because of wars and famine. That would have been a lot more difficult, you know, once once the, once the ocean split apart. You know, everybody didn't know how to make boats. Every culture didn't know how to make boats. Only the sea, only the sea people would have knew how to make boats. They would have, they would have only been only ones that had the need for it. True, true. You know what I'm saying? So it's, you know, I say it's a possibility. I'm sure it was some of us over here just yeah, you know, I, some of us like I, that. I, got, I, I can't remember it all, but I know it was saying that we were already here making moves. It didn't say that we were here and we settled down completely, but it did right. say like throughout, uh, not. Mexico, we were already we were already around there and, and, and making moves all the way up to like yeah. the shore board. Yeah, yeah, and I can see that, and I can and I can see that, especially with the different spirituality, you know, coming and trading, and you know, you know, somebody meet a woman, you know, decide to stay shit. Yeah, <laughs> I can definitely see that because that was yeah, all part of it, right? They would get up and move yeah. all over Africa. Uh, hunters, gatherers, and shit, and they would go to different places and they would just settle when they found out the land was good enough to stay. Right, good enough to stay. So, yeah, I could, I could see it, Jess. Yeah, I could see it. And, you know, I, I didn't thought about the whole 35 million thing that they say that was broke. I, 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 I mean? I'm iffy on that. Yeah, it's, that's, a, that's a lot of people. To get on both? That's a lot of people. Yeah, that's a lot of people. Over and over and over again. But, but have you seen the animated... Uh, have you seen the animated digital maps of the uh of, of the transatlantic trade? You know, this they they show every known voyage, and it's probably twenty thousand voyages, probably more than that. They they was running something like fucking fucking dog. They was running like thousands of voyages, kind of like how we driving cars now. Yeah, that's the way they was going back and forth. You know what I'm saying? India Plus. 
you know, once you start breathing and once you start breathing, that's how you get as many people here. You know, not that they brought as many people here, but then too, you got to think about all of the ships that wasn't accounted for. Everything wasn't done on the books. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, everything wasn't done on the books. Some shit was done, you know, through pirates. And not just not just done on the books, but uh, uh, the amount of people who didn't make it over, you know what I mean? Right, they didn't make it, ships that failed, you know. And, and, and then we got to remember too, they don't really care about us, we get cargo. Mutinies may have taken place. A bunch of them, a yeah. bunch of them. You think we went wild? No. <laughs> uh, I think we went wild. I just think we were the ones who, who either made it over here or were already here. You know what I mean? It, it was, we was the toughest. We we was a we was the uh, it was a lot like evolution, dog. You know, we had the our ancestors had the stronger genes. You know, it it was it was like a uh, it was like a catastrophe, like a a catastrophe or, or a pandemic is basically what it was. And our genes was just as strong as to survive. You know what I'm saying? Cause a lot because a lot of people did it, you know, whether they, you know, whether they died at sea or they committed suicide or whatever, you talking about bloodlines lost and that didn't make it over. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So so we have to look at it as, you know, we survived a certain evolution. And one thing that makes black Americans special is we have a combination of a bunch of different ethnic groups, a bunch of different tribes. And it's a, and it's the strongest. It's the strongest genes from all them tribes that survived all the trauma, and we still going. You know what I'm saying? So, our DNA, dog. I mean, once we able to really harness our DNA and get back that ancestral knowledge and be able to use it, but that's what they scared of. You know what I'm saying? Once we get that shit back, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Look at what they did to Haiti. You know, Haiti was only able to do that from ancestral knowledge. Yeah, them that's how they started. Yeah, I gotta go. That's how they started. But you know how they started? You know how they started? They didn't start it by they didn't start it by fighting, they started by poisoning. They 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 knew the herbs, they knew the land, they knew how to use it. So the first thing they did was they poisoned the whales. They poisoned the drinking water of the Europeans. They didn't start right out with an arm struggle. They started out back doing back doing uh 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 kind of guerrilla warfare. From, from guerrilla warfare. And you know where they got the knowledge of the herbs from? African spirituality. Because it's all about herbs. You can't have African spirituality without herbs. You can't have Orishas without herbs. You know? That's 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 how they defeated. That's that's why that's why Europeans are scared of African spirituality. That's why they want us to study everything else and look at everything else. But our power is in our ancestral knowledge. That's what they scared of, dog. And that's that's how the Haiti beat them. That they started poisoning the water. And once they was weak, and once they had them on the ropes, and you had a bunch of the white people in the, you know, in their crib sick and they couldn't move, then they went in and attacked. But it started with the ancestral knowledge. The other part of that was wrecking the uh was it the 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 uh mines or whatever they were uh running down Burn, there. Burning burning the sugar fields, burning yeah, burning the cane park, burning the sugar plantations. Tearing yeah. everything up systematically too, you know, to burn that one, then burn another one, molasses yeah. or whatever. But they, they didn't want to burn, but they knew not to burn them all because if they burn them all, then once they ran them out, they wouldn't they have nothing. Yeah, but they they knew how to coordinate though. They knew how yeah. to yeah. yeah, but they yeah. learned. But that's is all of that is encoded in the, into the ancestor knowledge and the old dudes and the, 
and, and the knowledge that passed down through the essence. All of that is encoded. All of that is encoded in there. Everything. They they built their cities on this knowledge. You know, they built their cultures on this knowledge. Absolutely. That's how that's how we're gonna beat them. That's how that's how we're gonna get to where we need to be. I keep trying so to basically we need y'all to go over there, go over here, and do that over here. You learn this, I learn this. We're gonna take these two disciplines and we're gonna combine them together to the both of our benefits. You specialize in this, I specialize in this. What you specialize in, I'm gonna buy from you. What I specialize in, I'm gonna buy from you. You know what I'm saying? And, as, and the ancestral knowledge is individual knowledge. It comes from each individual family. Yeah. You know, it's, it's held between each individual family. So each individual family had their own, had their own knowledge, their own, their own use of herbs, their own use of the land. You know, and how the, and how and how that benefits them. You know, that's that's how Haiti did it. That's what they scared of. That's what, I mean, we scared of it too. You know, we obviously scared of it too. But you know, that's what they scared of. They scared of that shit. Are you smoking a black now? Oh yeah. They want they want us all to be Buddhists and shit. Nah, I, ain't, I ain't gonna never be no goddamn Buddhist. <laughs> never ever. <laughs> they want all of us to be Buddhists and should be sitting there on the motherfucking rock, meditating. You know, that's how they, they want us all docile. Even, even Buddha was originally somebody <laughs> that looked like me. I know. I know. He was originally a warrior before he found the spirit to sit still. Yeah. He was originally a warrior. Even they samurais, even they samurais with somebody darker than you and me. He was a dude that was navy blue black. Yep. I mean, we was everywhere. It's it's all ours. That's what it's I'm saying. Ours. Like it, it was, it was everywhere. But some of it is diluted, but some of it is diluted. Some of it is diluted. It's like that key of cocaine I was talking about. Some of it is diluted. Super diluted. Man. Super diluted. Yeah. But, and told that shit you know, down so bad you can't make you can't make no money out of. It. <laughs> I mean, you can. You just gotta hustle the people. You got yeah. preachers that pass us. I sell our people all day long. We got people our people all day long. That's the sad part. All day long. You know, you just gotta hustle your people. Cause I think at the end of the day, after so long of reading this shit and teaching this shit to people, you gotta know ain't no real power in that shit. Yeah, but I mean, to to know is a part of it, right? But then, uh, like we said earlier, it's the action plan, and what do you go after that? Gotta be brave, shit. Got to go where, got to go where they tell you not to go. Yeah, and do what they don't expect you to do. Yeah, yeah you got to, you know. Sometimes you do what they expect you to do, but you just do it. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't get me wrong, they infiltrate African spirituality. It's white folks all fucking up in you find Africa. Oh, yeah, that's just torn up. Mary, Mary and Africans and everything. Mary and Africans speak speak Yoruba. Know how to do divination whole nine yards. And can talk to you about that. all that shit too. Yeah, tell you everything. Hell yeah. Shit, 10 times better than I can, so they already infiltrate. They already infiltrate. But, you know, it's, it's, you know, there's some Africans out there too that's like, yeah, I all do say we can't teach white people. You know, it's, it's, it's a family taboo. You can't teach white people. Yeah. You know, some people have a taboo where they can't even teach black, black Americans. You know, each family had their own taboos. No stuff that they can't do. You either follow it or you don't. But if you you know if you choose not to follow, then your family gonna have some type of catastrophe. How we ended up our asses way over here. Come here. 
we need quarters and a certificate. We need our birth certificate. Did, did Queen look for one? Like, uh, I, don't, I, don't I told Queen to go and go look for one. Here, go to 7 Eleven. Y'all go and go uh, buy something and then like, get some quarters. Well, we can't just watch tomorrow in the morning because what time is it? It's already 7 I, I still got to. Uh, Finished. All right. Hand me a beer, please. You got a clip on the wallet chain, bro? Uh huh. You got the wallet with the chain on it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mexican dude. I uh, went to the flea market. Mexican dude was making about hand. Word? Yeah, making about hand. I was like, yeah, let me get that one right there, Playboy. Mm. Yes. It's like, uh, it's leather, but you know it's um, it's tied. It's like a bunch of ties on. Okay. Oh, so he kind of like did a thread to it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe he like made it in some type of way. Yeah, it's woven. It's, it's, he woven. Yeah, yeah, it's, woven yeah, it's woven. Yeah, it's woven. It's leather. It's leather work. Yeah. You know. How long did he was he working on it while you were there? or He was done. No, nah, this one was already made, but he was working on others. Okay. He was working on others. You know, you go to the flea markets here, you know, it's, you know, a lot of Mexicans, you know, making something, selling something, you know. Okay. You know, they be everywhere hustling, you know, fruit on the corner. They be out there selling cups of fruit and shit. You know, I mean, the same thing you see back home, but, you know, here it's a way of life, because, you know, because the weather allowed it to be, you know, at home, it'd be hard to see it out. It's so much political bullshit that they make that seem like it's, it's against the law, man. Yeah, they uh they tried it here for a while, and they had was arresting like you know street corner food vendors. Everybody fucking start tripping, so they stopped. You know, but the most part, California, you know, they don't uh you know the people the people not really gonna allow you to kind of mess with small business owners. Do you see a lot of people leaving California lately because of everything yeah. that's going on? Mainly because it's so expensive, not because of what's going on. You know, people just looking for a cheaper cost of living. But as many people are leaving, twice as many coming. Okay. Especially if they're in the tech industry. You know, if you want to be the tech industry, that's the Mecca. Yeah. Silicon Valley, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm right in the center of it. Apple down the street for me, eBay down the street for me, Google probably about 10 miles from me. Okay. So I'm, I'm right in the center of it. So, you know, if, so, you know, if that's your thing, you know what I'm saying? Anything that's supported, you know, uh, you know, that's where you want to be at. Okay. So, you know, you got a lot of people, you know, you know, you, you got a lot of people that just come in and out too. You know, they might work remotely. You know, I used to pick up a lot of people uh, when I first just started doing live. I used to pick up a lot of people from the airport. And, you know, they was coming from Germany and different places like that. And they work, you know, they work for the, they work for Google in Germany. You know, they hear like cultural people, you know, come over to help basically. They say like, if they try to do something American style and German, they say they say that uh that you know it wouldn't make sense or it wouldn't fly. So you know Google has to be you know has to be specifically made to each market that they in. So you know this lady, she was the one you know she was in charge kind of other German cultural you know expression of how Google did it. You know I didn't met quite a few Africans you know that that that's over here you know trying to start their own startup companies and shit, picture ideas to Google. No difference. So you know, that's one thing about him. You meet a lot of people that's trying to do shit. Startup companies are respected here. Hustlers are respected here. So mm -hmm. you know, you get a lot of people. You know, coming here pitching ideas. You know, pitching ideas to uh, you know, to the other bigger companies. You know, trying to sell an app. 
you know, trying to sell a, uh, you know, a security system or whatever it is, you know. Okay. Okay. My guy, I'm going to go yeah. ahead and um, get out the phone. Yeah, I feel yeah. like we've been talking for a while and I want to keep you from the family, bro. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm good. You know, I'm good if you're good. You know, they, they just, you know, I'm just at home now, so, you know, I can use okay. it. But I'm good if you're good. I, didn't want you I ain't got to go with nothing. I didn't want you to be kept away from anything that you had. No, to no. Man, I got old kids, man. They, they, they really don't want, they just want to come in here and ask me some questions and money. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, they don't, gotcha. you know, they don't want that. Big ass can, bro. Hey, man. You know, for me, it's just as long as it's cold. Mm -mm 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 -mm. You know, I ain't picking as long as it's cold. I'm still a simple guy. Complex, but I like simplicity. Simplicity is good. Simplicity is good. Are you a sour beer drinker? I love a sour beer. First time I ever heard one was here. They just they uh they had just started having them when I had left home, but I've been able to find them here. Beer is expensive here. Everything is expensive here, man. Absolutely. You gonna go buy a six pack of beer here? It's gonna you gonna go buy a six pack of micro, fifteen to sixteen dollars easy. That's correct. Back home, ten dollars, ten dollars tops. You know, you going to the brewery back home, you gonna pay five dollars for the house brew. Here, six, seven, eight, nine, ten fucking dollars, man. Everything is just more expensive here. So, so, what sours are you into then? Only one I ever had was uh, what called uh, well, I had two. I don't remember the name of one of them, but one of my here was uh, called uh, I want to say it was called Paradise Paradise Brewery, and it was uh, uh it was like a, it was like a, uh, kind of like a guava, like a guava sour. Uh, okay. Okay. And that was the first one I ever hit, and I thought it was amazing. And I hear one other one sixteen. You know, but you know what else is popular here? IPAs. You going to you going to a bar? Every fucking thing gonna tap will be an IPA. IPAs are the shit, man. I like them, but not as my first beer. I can't have it in my first beer. So in my second beer, third beer, but not my first beer. It's too strong. No, I start strong and then I come down. That way I don't. See, I do opposite. No, I do opposite. I, I thought I. Well, you know why I start that way because I want to appreciate the flavors. IPA normally be so strong that it literally coats your mouth. So after that, it'd be hard to taste anything else unless you drink a water, unless you drink a glass of water in between. Okay. You know, it, it's it's the same thing with cooking. You know, like like when you like when you go for a course meal, they always gonna start with the lighter courses with the lighter flavors versus the stronger flavors. You know, so it don't ruin your palate. Okay, I I just go up because <coughs> of the potency of it. You know what I mean? Because if I go up, yeah. I know I'm gonna have one that's like an eleven or twelve percent, right? And I just yeah. have yeah. another IPA that might be like eight, and then I just start doing all yeah. the other beers. Yeah, I, I mean, I like IPA. I just can't do it first. Man. I just can't do it first. Man. I like a good chocolate stout. I like cool. a good barrel aged chocolate stout. Yuck. You know, especially one that's been aged in a whiskey barrel. I yep. like those. Those I like those because those be about 15, 16%. You know, them damn they'd be like a shot. Sour session ale is a is a good sour if you ever get a chance to try it out. I have to try to find that here. Sour session ale or taco cat. Taco cat. Yeah. It's the same word back. Uh-huh. That's one thing, man. I just uh 
here, I ain't got a chance to try a lot of beers just because it's so expensive. So I'm okay. pretty much damn to just stick with Budweiser and Rolling Rock. You know, they're the most reasonable beers here. They're the most reasonable beers here. Yeah, I'm going to have to send you yeah. something if I can figure out that. It's a beer club here, though, I've been thinking about trying. You know, they seem like, I think they seem like 12 beers every month. You really? know, 12 different beers from all over. Yeah, I've been thinking about trying that. Okay. We think about trying something like that. You know what I'm saying? But you know, we'll see. Is that something else I want to get into? I want to expand into. You know, I want to expand into a brewery. I want to do a brewery truck. You know, I'm gonna buy a piece of land and I'm gonna do a uh, and I'm gonna do it like an open air market. But it's gonna be like a, it's gonna be everybody. Put, you know, some of it gonna be stalls and some of it gonna be trucks. But I want it to be like kind of based off of like African style open air markets. Okay. You know, almost like a flea market, but you know, I want to get you know, I want to do those, and you know, I want to do another truck, you know, with different kind of food on it than what I'm already doing. But you know, my daughter, she's going to do a cosmetic truck. You know, she she talked about doing a cosmetic truck, and I I just want you know, I want to expand into and basically like when you go there, it's a bunch of trucks and it's a market, but you know, it's a it's a beer hall there too. You know, we ha we have a few of those here. You know, where it's like a food truck place, and it's a, you know, and then they have like a bar attached to it so it'd be like a fool hall. I want to open up one of those. So for you, the open air beer market would kind of just be like a bunch of land where you could just go around and try the different beers? No, nah, this would be more like uh more like a beer garden. So you know it'd be like similar like what they have kind of native here. But when you go there it's other stuff for you to do besides you know just drink beer. You know it's a market too. But okay. it's part of the market, you know it's gonna you know I'm a uh I'm gonna feature, you know, different type of beers and maybe even wines and stuff. You know, it's gonna be a TV there. I'm kind of like a sports bar kind of atmosphere without it being really a sports bar. You know, so something like a like a small festival or something. Yeah, but every day. But That's every what I'm day. saying. It's just, it's just every day. Yeah, 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 almost like that. Yeah, well, almost like feel. that. Like you come in, they got yeah, food. Yeah, over there. Got yeah, this food over here. Here. yeah, yeah. You could you could go and go buy. You know, you could go and go buy fucking some fruit, you know, from the Mexicans or some fucking trinkets, you know, for somebody. You know what I'm saying? Just whatever. Yeah. I, mean, I, I just, I want to do, I want to do an open air market too. You, you would do that there or? If I get my way, I'm going to do this. If I do this shit, if I get my way, I'm doing this shit everywhere. Okay. I, I'm not, I'm not thinking, I'm not thinking, uh, I'm not thinking city-wise. I'm thinking worldwide. I, I hear that, but I'm just saying like as far as, to start out here. Start out here. Start out here. Yeah. To so start it out definitely here. But I think it could work in Chicago. You know, especially if uh if part of it is kind of indoors. You know, especially like the beer market part, you know, if it could close up, you know, close the doors, you know, close it down in the uh wintertime. But you know, you got people too that sit outside in the winter. You know, I think it just depends on how it's marketed, you know. I depend on, I think if anything, it depends on how it's marketed. But if you can keep part of it indoors in the wintertime, you can still be good. You know, people go out there, get their food, you know, they go inside. Or now with COVID being in the place, depending on how long that shit go, you know, it's, it's going to be mostly to go anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, it'll be mostly to go service anyway. So, you know, folks just, you know, they just have more options all in one place. You know, and it's just mostly food trucks or, or tents or, you know, small mom and pop stuff. I don't. I don't want nothing. You know, I don't want nothing huge. You know, I don't want nothing with no uh, with no big ass. You know, 
national company already. You know, I want to give small people the opportunity in all these different places to do their thing. Freelance vendors, independent vendors. Yeah, yeah, a lot of that. Yeah. Chance to like the flea market, but like the flea market, but definitely a little bit more. You know, stylish. a little bit more. Yeah, you know, a little flavor. bit more stylish, you know. Yeah, mm -hmm. flavor to it, you know. You know, have some live music. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I'm all about live music, so definitely have live music on the weekends and shit. You know, DJ sometimes. You know, all that. <clears throat> yeah, I got a, you know, I got a bunch of different plans and shit. Just got to get there. Okay, okay. You know, and I want to, I want everybody to eat. I want everybody to eat. You know, I think about everybody's talents. You know, like I was thinking, how you know about boxing? How you get into boxing? How did I get into boxing? I ended yeah. up hurting a couple people. Yeah, I want to. I want to do a gym. I heard a couple of gym. Uh, it, it ain't. It ain't a situation I'm proud of, and neither one of those um, mm -hmm. experiences. But after I've been, after I've told you to leave me the fuck alone so many times, I'm not gonna back down no more. You know, like right. I gave you the space to be who you need to be. You know, so. It's kind of like, all right, so this is what we're going to do. And let me sh let me show you what I'm, what I'm capable of. So um, me, and, me and one guy ended up tussling. And, um, you know, so I beat him, like, into a coma or whatever. So all fists, like, all, all hands. Yeah. And then the next time it was, uh, I think some guy had, like, a, a seizure or some shit like that. And it was like, you need to, you need to be... Uh, need to be at a, at a gym doing that type of shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I had a few street fights after that. And then they was like, yeah, you need to, you need to go to a gym. You need to figure that out. So um, going to the gym, you ended up finding out that, you know, you don't like getting hit. You ain't the fastest dude. And just because you fast don't mean nobody can't time you. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, Time and beat speed when you just know where to be and how to throw the punch. So it was all it was a science to it that I had to learn, um, and I was determined to get my lick back on the on the guy that first that uh, that first got me, and I got my lick back. But in the process of getting my lick back, he, he fucked me up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. He gave me a good ass whipping, but um, um. I was determined to stay because I, I wasn't no quitter or anything like that. Um, and and I, I stayed, man. I just, I stuck with it for a while. But, you know, even in the process of that, I was still motivated by music because I always liked lyrics and writing lyrics and putting words together or telling stories or stories about my life specifically. You know, and there's nothing like that when you have the freedom to take words and put them together or take them apart and, and do different things, different levels to them. So, you know, it, it was that, that was always a big thing to me. And there was a point when I was looking at boxing, like, man, this is cool, but I don't think this would be the, like the end goal, you know? Right. And the coach, the coach used to say, he's like, man, you, you too smart. Why are you here? And he's like, yo, you too smart. He's like, some of these guys think you too, you look too good to be in here. You know what I mean? So I never thought about that shit, but you know, he's like, somebody did. <laughs> somebody did. <laughs> yeah, I, I got you. I never paid attention to it. You know, and he's like, no, nah, and 
they used to call him call me handsome and all that shit. You know what I mean? Are you too handsome to be in here? You know what I'm saying? Like, and then it's oh, you too smart too. You know, so I, I was like, well, that's just like them saying I don't belong. You know what I'm saying? So I was still the same guys I was talking that shit. I was still keeping up though. Like I was giving them problems. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like the the workouts or just the the routine of not just sparring, but you know the workout. You know, hitting a heavy bag or doing all the laps and shit. Like I was keeping up with them. You know, or or better. So I just I just right. did it. But the coach was like, "Yo, you too smart." He's like, "I'm gonna just tell you the truth. Like you, you smart dude, and you know, like there's something much more better for you." In this, I was like, "You kicking me out?" He's just like, "No, I'm just telling you, man. Like, some of these guys ain't got it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if they don't box, you showed they probably you your path. Yeah, huh? You showed you your path. You showed you your path. Yeah, he was like, if some of these guys don't box, they ain't gonna do nothing. He said the major, and he told me at one point he was like, the majority of these guys aren't gonna go far. He said because they have a part of it, but they don't have it." He said, you have things that can get you there and get you further. Say, but I would rather see you do something else better with your time. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, you, you don't think I could do it? He's like, you got it. He said, he said and it's probably more in there. Because one, one time I talked to him, he talked about my upbringing. He wanted to know what was up. He was like, why do you keep coming in here? You know, like most guys, they get hit and they don't come back. You come back. You come back swinging and trying to learn and everything. I was just like. I ain't no quitter, you know? And then we had a conversation about where I came from. So after all that, uh-oh, after all that, we were we were having a conversation. He was just like, dude, I think you just, I just think you're better than this and I don't want you to be here. He's like, and it's not that I'm kicking you out or I don't think you that you can make it. It's just, I, I just think you're better than this right here. You know, and you shouldn't waste your time with it. Yeah, that's real. Yeah, I, I mean, I was, I was doing, I was doing, I was decent, I was decent, I was decent. He's just like, no, nah, man. He's like, look, I don't want you here. You know, he said you can go anywhere else, and they gonna find out the same thing. Like, you, you, he's like, you're probably more talented than you're telling us. You know, so I started uh slowly pushing myself away through through music. Right, you know, I'm out here writing rhymes, performing, doing freestyles and all this other shit and and that started to become more of a thing for me so I started going along with that you know you writing words and you feeling you know you making that shit work you pinning it getting everything together and you just realize like maybe this is maybe this is a lot better I've done college tours I've, I've, I've been out of the out of the state without beating my fucking body up you know what I mean yeah, you did without getting your head beat in. Yeah, I, and, and let's, let's, so people have an understanding, I didn't get my head beat in. I, you know, I was fast as shit, um, and I didn't mind being in. No, court. but I mean, but what I was saying, everybody take punches. Yeah, everybody take nobody punches. nobody in that box that don't take them hits. Oh, you're going you know to take punches. Saying? So, you're going to yeah, take punches. So, you know, at least you ain't have to do that. You know what I'm saying? That, no, that's... Yeah, you're going to take punches, I but... I had, a, I had an argument with me and the dude. We were talking about Muhammad Ali. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, the rope dope I was like, man, and, you know, we, it was between Muhammad Ali and uh, uh, what's the other dude? The, the, you know, the one who, uh, the most, the undefeated guy. 
Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, you know, in my home, man, that was a boring fight, this and that. You know, I'm like, dude, you know what makes Mayweather smart? He not finna take no unnecessary chances. He was like, yeah, but Muhammad Ali, yeah, but I was like, well, fucking look at Muhammad Ali. I bet you wish he would have fucking did a lot more fucking running than, you know, just standing toe-to-toe like he did. Fucking Mayweather gonna have, he might can't read, but he gonna have all his faculties. <laughs> No <laughs> one can't read, but he don't have all his faculties and shit. Yo, you, you know crazy. Muhammad Ali without as a G, but damn, man, he fucking, you know, he went out, you know, he went out fucked up. And, and let me say something about that. While we may call it the rope of dope, and it may have looked cool, I bet you hit him going to the hospital. I bet you he did not enjoy those hospital stays. Oh, I'm sure shit. That's that's exactly what I was saying. Mayweather it's was not, fucking smart. There is he nothing. Made all that money is cool taking many risks. Blood. There is nothing cool about pissing blood. Let me just say that it is not cool. It's nothing cool about. Don't sound cool. Don't sound cool. I respect Muhammad Ali and all he did. I respect Ali. Yeah, I respect that. I understand what Floyd did too. Floyd figured out that at his level of boxing, there were certain things that he could do and couldn't do, and he used boxing, the whole ring, to encompass his whole skill set, and he made that work for him. When he realized he wasn't going to be able to knock guys out, Fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, tenth round. He used the ring right. boxing to make sure that he got the win. Because it's not called knockouts. It's not called brawlers. It's called boxing. Boxing. Exactly. It's boxing. And so y'all being dude, we hit that motherfucker argument. I was like, shit, I bet you motherfucker. I bet you uh I bet you uh, uh Muhammad Ali wish he would have did a little bit more running. And and a lot of people don't understand that. Like they they're showing up to see a fight, but you're showing up to, but he's gonna give you a boxing match, you know? And in between there, he may stop and he may pause and he may let you get your shots off, but it's really him, not necessarily letting you get your nut off, it's him really just resting, because you're not gonna hit him. You're not gonna touch him. But if you think about it, that's smart. That's even smart in business. Why you gonna take all the fucking chances? You gonna get your money regardless. Fuck entertaining you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, it's about that win. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I want to entertain you, but it's about that win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I can win by doing this and doing that, guess what? And if I don't take no about, beating. If it's about being the what? best in the world, he, he proved that, you know? Over a 12-round fight, you're going to throw yeah. so many punches by, by that by the seventh and eighth round. You're going to be too tired to go to these last four rounds and stand there and throw yep. punches, and that's when I'm going to really get off. Yeah, but all he did was just rest and run the whole yeah. damn fight. And I ain't going to say know? run. I'm just saying he moved, he moved no, around. No, not run. Not, I mean, the run, run is not necessarily the right word, but, you know, he lets you tie your shit out. Yeah, and if you want to look at a perfect boxing match that he had, just look at the fight with him and Canelo. You can, you can Google that right now. Like it was like yeah, I, one of, I remember that fight. That was one of the that fight. most skillful fights that he fought without knocking a guy out. And Canelo probably yeah. weighed like 180, 200 yeah, pounds I, by the time he, he got yeah, to he the ring. He was a lot bigger than him. Yeah, he was yeah. a lot bigger than him. They like, weighed in I mean, at one. It was obvious in size. They weighed in at one fifty two or one fifty three or whatever it was the, the the actual weight. But when you look at when you go back and look, Canelo looked like he was about one eighty. 
Yeah, nah, Canelo would fucking be. Yeah. Canelo would be again. You know, but he tried, way, but the way he was frustrated. He made he made it he yeah. he, he made a, a very good example of him and he showed him why the kid was too young. Yup. In in about a middle round, fucking Canelo was so fucking flustered and pissed the fuck off. Yeah, you know, he, he couldn't even fight right at that point. At that point, he was just trying to throw haymakers in and yeah, catch the thing, anything. The thing about Canelo was, at a young age, he was so used to doing his style with everybody, right? So yeah. the fighter is going to come to him. Fall his fight. Yeah, the fighter's going to come to him and throw punches, and he's going to counter. And Floyd was like, no, you're not going to do none of that. Right, you going to come to me. None of that. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the pure boxer in here. Right. And you're going to get a boxing yeah. lesson tonight. And I told people, just imagine if Mayweather had the power to knock him out. That would have been crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was some, yeah, that was some good love. I mean, like I said, Mayweather, he ain't the funnest to watch, but no, you know, he definitely, definitely going to give you some skill. Yeah, he definitely going to give you some skill set. If you appreciate skill and technique, he's going to give you all that. All that shit. All that. All that shit. And this is a guy with fucked up hands, you know, so he has to be careful with that. Right, right. Shit, you fuck up your hands within the first few years, don't you? Yep. 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 Break them, you break them. All the dudes, yeah. All the dudes be fucking hand hand problems and shit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially if you're trying trying to be like a hard puncher or or you're really trying to KO people, you're going to bust your shit up really, really fast. Because you can shit, feel it, man. the stinging, and the stinging turns into swelling, and you can feel it. Right. Numbing and then all of a sudden you hit somebody with the wrong knuckle or on the knuckle. You you know. You know. Now, I didn't see them damn boxing. Them football players, man, like I, I met Dicker. I met Dicker. I met a few of them dudes when I worked out at a golf course. Uh, Richard Dent, you talk about some dudes with broke down bodies, man. Oh, yeah. From all that collision. Fucking dick, fucking dick could barely get up. I mean, I think at this time he had to be maybe 35, 36. He could barely walk. Barely fucking walk. I remember the first time I met Dick, man. Dick could barely fucking walk. One of the best looking ones I seen was Otis Wilson. Somewhere mm-hmm. or another, that motherfucker had found for found use. Otis Wilson was still walking good, still looking good. But uh Buckus beat up. Oh yeah, you know, that's old school, old school. Yeah, old school. The buckets beat the fuck up, but still cool as hell. But he he would beat the fuck up, but he still moved fairly. He moved better than Dick. He moved better than Richard Dent was. You talking about what? Fifteen damn near twenty year twenty year age different. Yeah, he moved better than Richard Dent. Uh, but the football players they be beat up. Right. They, well, they use their whole body, man. Yeah, they body wrecked. I know a buddy that uh, played semi pro. And he thanked he thanked me for introducing him to cannabis because he said it changed it changed his life and marriage because he said all the headaches he was having and everything from playing since he was a kid up until he stopped you know he said taking those pills was fucking him up because I remember one time he almost um, and I hate I, don't, I ain't gonna say his name but he almost uh, he was strangling his wife one time when I came over. There. Mm. Strangling his wife, and not because anything went wrong, but because he just snapped because of the pills. Snapped out. Yeah. Pills. And, and the pressure to being a black man. <laughs> and the pressures of being a black man in America. Pressures of being a black man, a super strong black man at that too, right? So uh, we were sitting around talking, 
And I said, man, I, I want you to try something. And I think, I think, you know, I think if you like it, I think you should do this more than, than all these fucking pills you take. He's like, man, I'm not doing this shit, man. I'm not doing that shit. You're going to have me around here paranoid. And I was like, man, just, just do it with me. I ain't, we're not going to overindulge. I'm going to do just enough to make sure you get where I think you need to be at. And he did that shit, bro. He did that shit. And after that, he was just kind of like, all right, cool. Cool. I, his wife called me like two days later. She said, what the fuck did you do to him? I was like, nothing. I'm like, what's going on? Like, he, he trying to hurt you again? She's like, no, he's throwing out all the pills. I'm like, what? She's like, he's throwing out all the pills. She's like, he's flushing all the pills. He said he never felt so much better in life. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I hear him in the background, like, tell him I'm coming to pick him up. Tell him I'm coming to pick him up. And I, he's like, yo, whatever that was, I want that. I want that. So I was like, I got you, big dog. I got you. We went, you know what I'm saying? I got him an indica, a nice indica. They told him why he was, why we were out, what it was and what it do. And he was like, this is, this is what I need. I was like, yeah. Yeah, was it dispenser? Yeah. Yeah. I heard they taxing y'all motherfuckers over there. Ooh, bro. Ooh, boy, I heard they taxing. Yeah, so listen, I went in there just to check it out. I ain't, I'm not buying nothing out of there. Um, for medicinal, three and a half is like sixty, seventy dollars. Ooh, that's double the hip. I know. For recreational, it's eighty. Ah, ooh, sick. Ooh, that's disgusting. Sick man, bro. That's disgusting, the bro. Motherfuckers is going to paying for it though. Well, they wanted this. They wanted the dispenser. The dispenser shut the dispenser. I'm cool. I don't, I, don't, I don't want none of that. I don't want none of it. I'm good. You can keep it. You can keep it, bro. That's too expensive, man. That's too expensive. Well, I'm gonna tell you. Though, I'm gonna tell you though, dog. That dispens that dispensary weed. It's that shit. Ain't nothing like it, boy. <laughs> ain't, nothing, ain't nothing like that dispensary weed, though, play, boy. You know what I'm saying? I'll, you know, don't get me wrong. I know, you know, I know farmers. I know growers. You know. Yeah, we talk because we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get some. Yeah, you know them, but them, but them, uh, them dispensaries. I still ain't met nobody that do it like that. No. They're doing it like that, dog. And uh -huh. here we we get we getting that three point five for twenty five. And that is, that's flat up out the door. You know, that could be without taxes. Even if they charge you taxes, it's gonna be 35 out the door for that 3.5. You know what I'm saying? We we get zips, we get we get them onions for right around, mm, you get them for about a hundred, 125 after taxes, it's gonna run you about 160 after taxes here. But I'm getting I, I could get them straight up for uh for that buck. I know you can a buck straight up, a buck straight up. Yeah, I work with work with a cat at the uh, the banquet chef who I took over for. He a grower. I talked to him uh, a few months ago. He said he built a ten thousand foot greenhouse. He built a ten thousand square foot green. He built a ten thousand square foot greenhouse. He about to go crazy. You know this this is uh this is the banquet chef I, I worked under when I first got here, Mexican cat. You know what I'm saying? But he won't sell to the dispensary because he said he he don't want to get taxed. So you know he he won't even fuck with the dispensary. Yeah, you know he don't sell to the dispensaries at all. 
man, bro. That shit here is is. You could come here for a few days and just do that. On top of that, I think that someone told me that they're going to scan your ID when you come in there and use it. So if they do that, you can't you can't get like your concealed to carry and everything. Uh, they kind of do that here, but they haven't made it where you can't get it concealed to carry yet. Yeah, but here, you know, it's a lot of different politics. Yeah, it's a lot different here, yeah. Yeah, but they were talking about that here. You know, if uh, if you've been known to, uh, to use recreation or whatever, <clears throat> they could possibly fight it to, uh, you know, to stop your conceal and carry, but uh, they haven't did it. They haven't did it here. Yeah, it was just something. Was yeah, I'm, I'm good, bro. I don't, I don't know, no problem, no, no parts of that. They can keep the dispensary stuff. I know people that are going. I know people that are going in there, and it's like I only go when I know I got money to blow. You know, man, I was, I was down in uh, L.A. Uh, about a month ago, you know, I went over there on Crenshaw and uh, Crenshaw and uh, where Nipsey from? Okay. You know, I went over there and uh, you know they was out there selling t-shirts and shit. You know, his family, they out there selling t-shirts. You know, Nipsey hustle shit because the store was closed down. Is it so closed down? Yeah, yeah. Is it because of the COVID? Down. No, um, I think whatever happened. You know, after that, I don't. I don't think nobody. I don't think the family was able to uh, keep it up. They was able to keep it up. At you know, you know how that shit go, man. You know, probably family probably fighting over money, you know, and all type of shit. But they, but it, it wasn't open. But the corner, but the corner itself is like a, uh, you know, it's a tourist attraction now because you know, because that's kind of where Nipsey got killed at. So you know, they got all of the murals and stuff there. His family that sell t-shirts. And uh, one of the dudes, he said it was his cousin. He, he was like, he was like, where you from, cuz? I was like, I'm from Chicago, man. He was like, oh, what, welcome to uh, welcome to Roman Sixties neighborhood, Hustleville. He, he was like, uh, like that. I was like, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's what's up, that's what's up. And uh, he was like, uh, he was like, yeah. I was like, uh, I was like, how much y'all t-shirts for? He was like, you know, forty for the, you know, some crazy ass fucking price. Forty for the t-shirt, seventy five for the sweatshirts. So I'm just like. <sighs> I'm just like, man, word, word. You know, my wife, you know, she taking pictures and shit. You know, my, my wife, my wife is like kind of, kind of citric. So like when she go places, she like, she filming everything, bopping around, you know, like you really wouldn't know that she didn't belong. <laughs> so I'm talking to dude and she, you know, like she doing all this, doing like, yeah, cause I got that weed too. Motherfucker went into a bag, pulled out a bunch of fucking cookies, cookies bread. You know about David Banner pulled out a bag full of fucking cookies. Like, yeah, cuz I got these I got these 3.5s or 40 for uh cookies. You know, the cookies brand. So, you know, they was no motherfuckers here, they selling that dispensary weed too. Yeah, but Nipsey had his own strand too, so yeah, a lot of people got their own strand, but it ain't theirs. You know, it ain't really theirs, you know. They put their name, you know, they get up with it, bro, they put their name on, you know, they, okay. they get a little cut of the, you know, they get a little little cut of the prop product yeah. profits and shit. You know, cause uh, corrupt got moon rocks. Yeah, but you know he he been doing that for so long, man. You ever fuck with them yet? Say what? Moon rocks. You ever fuck with the moon rock? I'm cool, bro. I'm cool. I check it out if I was you. I didn't make so. Listen, I already listen. I'm good. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. I'm gonna see you. I'm gonna see you a motherfucking uh. I'm gonna see you a gram. Of the motherfucker oil. 
You take you take a gram of that hat, you take a gram of that motherfucking uh that oil that be at about seven percent. And which which you uh which which you do the uh, you do a bong, you do a uh, uh cones. Um cones. So what you do is it come in a syringe. Cause you know you could fill up you could fill up your uh you could fill up your pen. Cause you know some people had a vape pen. And it's the same oil that be in the vape pen. But you can get a gram of it in a syringe for about twenty five dollars. And so what you do is, you know, once you, you know, you take the syringe and you basically line it inside of your cone with, you know what I'm saying? Then you put in your flowers, twist that bitch up. Tell you, you do, you do that, you do that one with, with a little bra. You know, you do that one with you, when you with a little bra. Mm-hmm. Glass of wine. Got more ways than one. Tell you, boy. <laughs> Tell you, you go like, well, what you, who is you? <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck is you? My God. Hey, girl. My God. That's the motherfucking you. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing, yeah. too. Yeah, man. Especially when y'all, especially when y'all vibing on a higher level. Oh, yeah, man. When it's, con- it's, when it's a conversation with it, yeah. too, though. Yeah, it's that conversation. in its proper place. Yeah. yeah. And you know what's sweet about here? They got, uh, you know, they got uh they got lookout points, so you know you can go at the top of the mountain. You know, you go at the top of the mountain, you know, you get up there and motherfucking smoke, man. And you, you know, some parts of it you look out at the ocean, you know, some parts of it you looking out at a lake, some parts of it you just looking at trees and shit. But you know, it's just another way to connect with nature, man. Yeah. You know, when I'm here, I like to go to the ocean. You know, I went to the ocean for my birthday by myself, you know, smoking blunt with the ancestors. You know what I'm saying? Because the ocean represents the ancestors. White boys be out there surfing and shit. Motherfucking elephant seals be on the beach laid up and shit. You know what I'm saying? That's a beautiful, I know that got to be some beautiful scenery, man. Yeah. You know, but like everything, you know, everything you do, every decision you make, you know, good come with it and bad come with it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know, ain't no, you know, ain't no getting bad stats. So, you know, with all of the good, with all of the scenery, no, other shit come with it too. But it's cool. This way I am in life, so I'm a ride with Hey bro, I am going to get off here now because I want to do yeah. a little bit of something else. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and take care of your business, man. All right, my brother. Hey, I appreciate it. So what you doing with these videos? What you doing with it? Say what? What you doing with the videos? What so you, what you doing? It's a, it's gonna be a podcast, and once I have enough of them. I'm gonna start releasing them like once a week. Okay. Yeah. And okay. I, it's it's basically to give like uh, the different opinions of us, how we see life and things like that, our, our, the way we go through life, our passions, love, struggles, things that we deal with on a daily basis, background, um, our goals, dreams, things of that nature. That's why I was asking you certain questions. Yeah. And then when I wasn't, I was letting you speak on your behalf because you were telling your story and what you believe. So, how many you did so far? This would be number seven. Number seven. Yeah. So. yeah. I started uh, at that last, that last week or two of August. Okay. I was just so tired of seeing the shit that I was seeing, and just like, dude, man, this 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 ain't all of us. You know what I mean? This is a. Uh, this is really not how we interact with people. This is not how we go about our daily routine. 
I know there are negative people, but again, like you said, there there are good and bad amongst us. So, um, yeah, the good need to be represented as well. And I know some really good, dope ass people. Man, may the ancestors guide you on your journey, bro. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. You know, if you need anybody else to talk to, you know, I call this. You know, punch you in the direction of some people. You know, if you start running out of running out of talking heads, you know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I would appreciate yeah. that too. You know, from all different walks of life. Yeah, that's, what, that's what I need. Uh, everyone I've, I'm dealing with so far is uh, from different walks of life. Yeah. Yep. Good shit, man. Good shit. Appreciate you, bro. Love you, man. Yep. You too, man. Love you too, man. Keep grinding, baby. Yes, sir. Yep, be easy now.